0: Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Gannon look again, looking again. Throws up the. That's intercepted! Goal. At the Dan 30. Derek Brooks 30. Touchdown to MMA. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Oh, so the end now. Batted Intercepted. Picked off at the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. What a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Salty Dogs podcast. And uh, I am Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. We are the Salty Dogs. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. Getting saltier by the week. Three-game losing streaks are not
2: fun. Not at all. I did not see it coming.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I, boy, we almost got that one in Buffalo, though. That was pretty crazy at the yeah, end, wasn't that it? That was
2: good stuff. But before we start, if someone has a question and they want to let us know, good go. job,
1: Jeff. So at the end of this, um, well, first of all, we're going to we're going to talk about the game and some other stuff. Uh, then we will we're going to we're actually doing this on Tuesday. This part we're going to try tomorrow to get guests. So if we yep. get one, we'll shoehorn that in the middle. Sure. And then we'll finish off with fans' the questions that the fans have sent in, and we've got a lot of them this week, Jeff. Although. Uh, I will warn you ahead of time that not all of them are actually questions. Okay. Some of them are rants. Oh, I like so, it. So uh, some, and we've said this, we've told people to do this. You're fair. Fair game. Uh, we're being used. Our podcast is being used as an opportunity for some of these people to vent, I which like I it. get it. I sure, get it.
2: I'm good therapy. We're fine with it. We'll read them. I'm all
1: about it. Um, and then, if you want to send us questions in weeks to come, uh, if we say something during this podcast that you're like, "That's wrong," or "Oh, I want to know more about that," and you want to fire of, off an
2: email right then. Speaking of it, we heard from our friend Peg. She did not She did not write back. Oh, okay. I, hopefully ah, that means she was I, satisfied with the answer. I hope we didn't lose her. Um, uh,
1: if you want to send us a question or, or comment or a rant or anything, just email it to saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. Yep. Okay. All right. Onward. On to the game. On to Buffalo. I kind of started at the end there. Uh, you know the Buccaneers rallied from ten nothing down uh-huh. to tie it to ten yep. ten. But then Buffalo seemed to be pulling away with the game with two touchdowns in the second half. So now it's twenty four to ten. We get the ball back with about maybe ten minutes left in the game uh-huh. and drive like ninety something yards for a touchdown, yeah. which was pretty great. Unfortunately, it took because, a lot of time. Yeah, well, it took two fourth down penalties and uh-huh. a bunch of a bunch of seventeen plays, I think. Uh, it was Baker,
2: Mayfield, Baker Mayfield scrambling around.
1: Yeah, so it took 7 minutes and 21 seconds off the clock, leaving only 2.44. And then when Buffalo was able to get one first down, they bled pretty much all but 21 seconds off the clock uh, uh, before, by the time the Mayfield had the ball back in his hands. Pretty far back around the Bucs' 20. To his credit, he was able to get the Bucs close to midfield, yeah. which allowed him to get off a credible Hail Mary throw.
2: Unbelievable. And it was
1: almost an incredible Hail Mary throw.
2: I've never seen a Hail Mary throw, not get touched, and just just drop in. Yes,
1: Which is, and everybody has said this, we all know this is true, Chris Godwin did not do anything wrong in that play. Correct. But if in another parallel world he turns around a second earlier – He's probably going to catch that ball. Yeah. Because he turns around and he sees it's almost it's almost down on him already. And it's it's a, a foot or two away, and he kind of reflexively sticks out an arm. And he did
2: get an arm out.
1: Yeah. He got an arm out and yeah. he
2: didn't touch the ball. No.
1: But had he been had he been able to track that ball a moment earlier, I think he would have caught it. And no no other defender was there. I no. Mean, the defender that was nearest
2: him was a little bit past him. Well, the reason why there was no defender there is that they had Cade <laughs> Ott the gr- Otten. <laughs> yeah, Otten on the ground. Yeah, they had Cade Otten on the ground. I'm going to have to tell you it, it, listen, if that would have been in New York City rather than in Buffalo, New York, that would be a mugging.
1: <laughs> I have to tell you, dear listeners, that Jeff is pretty salty about this one. Um, well, he, just that they're never going to throw a flag on a hat, Mary.
2: They're just not going to do it. I, under, I understand that thought process. However, if it's a rule, it's a rule. And just because it's in that... Now, Could you, I, I understand... If it's a questionable, you know, okay, I'm not going to throw it. It's kind of close. It's a judgment. But when a guy gets tackled like that, and I'm not the only one that feels that way. I have to say Peter King actually wrote in really? on his Monday morning. He's on your side? He was on the Buccaneer side. He That's was, yeah, he, he did go off a little bit about it that. And, and, you know, if I'm a defender, you might as well, you might as well push somebody down because if he's going to catch it, it's a touchdown game over with. If you push him down and they're not going to call it. Okay. Good for me. But if you push him down and they do call it, well, then it's on the one yard line or close yeah. enough, right? There's another play, but you save the touchdown. Can I make the
1: devil's advocate? Absolutely. argument? Sure. If the, Penalty was specifically on the guys that were hitting Cade Otten, and the ball was already in the air. Mm-hmm. If they throw a flag, that's for pass interference. Not if the ball's already yeah. in the air, that's yep. pass interference, not illegal contact. Right. And then wouldn't they get together and discuss whether or not that pass was catchable for Cade? It landed near Chris, but it right. was way beyond where Cade. But was. then
2: Chris also got spun around. So you well, can okay. Make if that you're call. saying they're throwing the flag, I'm on just the, yeah. The Chris I, I understand what you're saying, but you, but it was. It kind of reminded okay. me. It kind of reminded me of like the Super Bowl, where the guy had the pass interference on the last um, went on the last drive, and they called it, and everybody said, "How can you call the call it to give him?" You know, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. But in sports, you see this all the time. In hockey, they call a game one okay. way during the regular season, and then during playoffs, everyone goes, "Let them play. Just yeah, let well, that's, them play."
1: That's a different problem. I agree with you on that one, but. In the Super Bowl, it was not a hail mary, and it was not the last play of the game. I know that it effectively ended the game, yes. but it wasn't a hail mary. So no. it operated more like you would, you would a normal play would, and the refs operated the way they normally would. Whereas we all know they're not going to throw a flag on hail mary, no. unless like you chop somebody's head. Now off.
2: I will say this. Oh, I'm sorry, you weren't done. Go
1: well, ahead. you responded to my thing about Cade, mm-hmm. and I was going to respond back. Okay, and now you made me forget what it was
2: uh, because the. Um no, don't if worry about it. Don't worry. I no, I no, forgot no, What no. my
1: response was, not if, what you said.
2: Well, no, what I was going to say, what you said, was to help be a
1: long hour, man,
2: help help refresh your memory. I remember what you said. I know. I can't
1: remember what I was going to say back.
2: Oh, uh, well, because it'll come you to droned
1: you. on for so long.
2: All right, I'll shut up.
1: No, no, no. Go back to what you were going to say. Now, now I back can't back remember. Back. You threw oh, this me off. Is really you threw going me off track. track. This is going really well.
2: Uh, what I was going to say is, if. If your hope to win is a Hail Mary, then you did a lot of things wrong during the regulars part of the game. That's what I was going to say.
1: That's fair. I agree with you on that one. Um, Oh, I know what I was going to say. Okay, so you basically, your basic concept, right, is you know there's going to be some shoving, they're not going to call that on a Hail Mary, but if it's really blatant like what happened to Cade, Mm -hmm. then they should call that. Okay, well, I say they argue, I argue that, well, it was an uncatchable ball for Cade, so they're probably going to pick the flag up anyway. Right. And then you say, well, Chris Godwin was spun around. That penalty is not one that lives up to what you think should be called, right?
2: Okay. That's a, more of a judgment call. Yeah.
1: Well, it just wasn't that blatant. Yeah. And it really, if he spun him around, then he did him a favor. Well, that's true, too. He should have spun him faster. He should have spun him earlier. Yeah. That would have been nice. Mm. <laughs> Jeez. <God. laughs> you know, so it's funny because I was watching on that play on NextGen, and you can watch the video, and then next to it, you can watch the little thing where all the dots move around, and you can get all the stats. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of that play, when the ball is hitting the ground, you can't even see K-Dot and... St- dot because the two defender dots are completely covering him and that's pretty much exactly what happened i mean he was being sandwiched by two guys and completely just mauled yeah and he was the go he was the guy that's supposed to pop it up in the air if he can't catch it right right yeah i noticed two got him and trey palmer both cut their their uh routes off right before the goal line, whereas Chris and Mike went into mm-hmm. the into the end zone. And an f- impressive throw by Baker. It went 65 yards in the air.
2: And I know. I, I was trying to decide how it was 61, but you, now, you looked it up and it's 65. Yeah, by huh? the
1: actual distance from where he was. It, he threw it from the 38, the Bucks 38. Mm-hmm. So that's 62 yards to the end zone. Right. And they didn't have in next-gen exactly how far into the end zone it landed, but from looking at it it looked like three yards in the end zone. Yeah. So that'd be a 65-yard throw. It was a
2: great throw and again, I cannot recall a Hail Mary where she someone didn't do, it just Dropped in.
1: I know it's crazy. It was
2: almost. It was. It was kind of surreal because you saw, and then it just dropped. And and I was watching it through binoculars. Yeah,
1: uh, like it just disappeared.
2: Yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> what just happened here? Um, other than the game was over with, but um, you know, there were other opportunities that perhaps uh, they could have capitalized before they get oh, sure. to the sure, Hell Mary. Sure. Well, so,
1: part of the problem is uh, another issue on both sides of the ball uh, again. Uh, third downs. We were talking about it last week. Mm-hmm. Third downs is really mm-hmm. Jeez. what's killing us. Uh, once again, we came into the game averaging exactly, allowing an average of exactly 50% of third downs to be converted, mm-hmm. which is utterly horrendous and not at all what our defenses normally do. Right. And it went up because Buffalo com- converted 7 of 13 for 53.8% in that game. Meanwhile, the Bucks were only 4 of 15. At twenty six point seven percent, and I think they only converted one third down in the th- in the second half. Mm. So it's kind of hard to keep up with a good offense when they're converting third downs much better than you are. Some of that is a function of their personnel. If it's it's like if you're playing Philly and they get a third and one, mm-hmm. they're going to get it. We all know that. Yeah. Although they did, they were stopped on one. Right. They they had a, for, a forced fumble against them by Washington this week, but I think that's the only time it's been stopped. Uh, they have Josh Allen. Josh Allen's a, uh, uh, like, perfectly engineered machine for third downs.
2: Yeah, and they, um, they, you know, Josh Allen played a different game than he did the last few games because he's running. Of course, you don't want your quarterback running around like that. Uh, yeah. But he he did. He now, ran a lot. Now, whether that was because Vita Vea wasn't in the center. I think I don't, it had a lot I, to do with you it. Know, that's, but you play with who you have, and you go from there.
1: I, that's a good tangent to go off on there because Vita Vea sat out the game due to a groin injury. It was a true game-night decision. Yeah. People always say game-time decision, even the coaches, it which was, is not accurate. I will
2: say this. It was so late. You were texting me, and I was trying to figure out, because we didn't see the, the inactives, and we were trying, and you were going to go on the air, and you want. And when you go on, you like to be accurate.
1: Yeah, and I go on the air before the the, in, the injuries are put out. Right. The inactives are put out, but it gives me an idea of what's going to happen, and I could speculate. Sure. Um, yeah, we usually get a little picture showing us the inactives from the locker room, and it hadn't come. No. It usually had come by then, so we were trying to figure it out, but there, I think The reason for that was because they really were going down to the last minute, not only on Vita, who had a groin injury and didn't practice all last week, but also on Logan Hall, who tweaked, what did he, he tweaked something. His groin. Also groin. He tweaked a groin. um, Stretching during the pregame warm-ups, and <laughs> yeah. they weren't sure if he was going to play. Right, uh, He did end up playing and gutting it through. He made it through most of the game and then kind of had to come out at the end, according to Coach. Sure. But uh, they really went right up to the last, to the wire on that decision, and then Vita didn't play. And I think you saw in the aftermath how much importance Vita has in the middle of that defense because mm-hmm. without him, the rest of our guys there in the middle weren't nearly as effective. No, We had six different guys play. Those three defensive line spots, sometimes there's two in the game, sometimes there's three, and they combined for 144 defensive snaps and had one tackle and three
2: assists. Mm, I would say that's not good.
1: Now, a lot of times, there's lots and lots of times where Reasons why. It, well, there's, there's lots of times when a defensive lineman, the positions that like Vita and Kalija and Logan play – can finish a game without any stats of note, but still be important to, you know, because they're tying up blockers or getting penetration or, you know, whatever. A lot of reasons. Sure. A lot of things they can do to affect the game that doesn't show up on the stat page. But when all six of your guys combined that play those position, positions only get one tackle, I think it wasn't a particularly effective night for that group. And I think that's largely because, largely, no pun intended, that Vita wasn't in there.
2: Yeah. I agree 100% on that one. I have to say, though, that the um, the weather was really nice.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, in in
2: Western New York, (laughs) in late October, you get seventy degree weather, uh, sixty some in the uh, nighttime, pretty solid.
1: And then after the game,
2: I flew to St. Louis. You did on Friday morning,
1: and it was like that there too, like seventy. Oh, I was hot all day. And then we went to my, sis- the, my sister's dinner, and um, by the time we got to dinner, it had dropped like 30 degrees yeah. to 40, <laughs> and then for the rest of the weekend, it was like 41, 41
2: degrees and raining. Anyway, yep, this is how That's it is. That's more and like what I remember. Yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, the weather was so good, and we were there for a long time because it was a night game mm-hmm. that uh, I'm sure you did too, got I a did. chance, and our hotel, we stayed in Niagara Falls yep. uh, instead of Buffalo or, or Oakland mm-hmm. Park, and uh, the, and our hotel, literally, you walked out the back door. Of the hotel and the path to the Niagara Falls was yeah, right there. The river
2: was there. It was like
1: a 10 minute walk.
2: Uh-huh. And the river nice. was right there, yeah. Is, what, it, you, is it
1: the Niagara River, I assume?
2: I would, I have no idea. But I, I would assume. think so. But what was funny is that as we were walking along the trail and you could hear the rapids going and the, the water right there, and there's no guardrails, no fencing, no nothing. It was just like there. And we were discussing the liability of, of um, no fences being there. But it was really very, very nice. And, um, there a lot of people did take that opportunity to walk down there, and some people even ventured into Canada. So that was a treat for them.
1: Yeah, you you had if, the, if they were smart enough to remember to bring their passports. Right, right. You could walk across a bridge. I didn't have time to do that, um, but uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm pausing because uh, we have breaking news.
2: Breaking news. It's so
1: All it's right. not actually breaking news because it, people have already been reporting this for a while. But the yeah. Buccaneers are signing John Wolford off the practice squad to the active roster.
2: And that's to protect him.
1: Because there are at least reports that some teams were sniffing around him. Mm-hmm. And you can sign. It wouldn't have to be a trade. If a, if a guy is on a practice squad, another team can sign him to their active roster anytime they want to. Right. They just have to then keep them on the active roster for at least three weeks. Right. So um, Bucks keep their third quarterback, which now means they could potentially um, use the inactive third quarterback rule. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> just kind of. To make room, Patrick O'Connor, the defensive lineman, was released. Now we have an open spot on the practice squad, obviously. So my, if I was a betting man, I would say
2: so eventually
1: re- they signed Patrick back to the practice squad. Yeah.
2: So being released, he has to go through waiver wires? Is, is that it? Or he's just no, a free he, agent? No, he is
1: a vested veteran. So the fact I said released instead of waived means he's immediately available to sign anywhere. Oh, okay. He, His choice. Yeah, once the, these moves are reported. They're sent up to the league now and then six it'll be sent back out um however starting tomorrow every player has to go through waivers no matter how many years they've been in the league because it's after the trade deadline. Oh, that, that's oh, oh. that's to keep teams from doing little sneaky type ah. trades where you release a guy and they pick him up yeah um
2: so, yeah, everybody Smart. has to
1: go through the waiver wire from, from tomorrow through the end of the season.
2: I was surprised how many trades were happening. There
1: were a lot of yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. Did San Francisco really need another pass rusher?
2: Guess so. They, they got, got Chase, Chase Young. Young. Yeah, for a third-round pick. John Lynch is, is wheeling and dealing. <laughs> I like that move, John. Yeah, They'll be calling him Trader John there. Yeah, I, I like that move a lot. Yeah, well, they've, they've struggled with some injuries. and they, In the last couple of games, they struggled defensively. So, they, Yeah, which was surprising. Very much so.
1: Um, that I mean, at the beginning of the year, and at the end, the end of last season, that defense looked like even more impressive than their offense. Right, they they've the lost three in a row, right? After starting out five zero and looking like the best team in the league,
2: that's correct.
1: That just goes into what you always say, Jeff. It's a week to week league.
2: That that, and we're getting into the the uh, part of the season where it's the pretenders and the contenders.
1: Yeah, and the people who think they're pretenders, yeah. contenders, obviously. That's it. You could say. Uh, the only weird one there was the Bears trading for, uh, they traded for somebody, Montez Sweat. Yeah. So Washington obviously doesn't think they're contenders because they just no. traded two yeah. of the defensive
2: linemen. And they they played well against the Eagles this weekend.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they did. They almost pulled that one out. Um it's kind of weird that the Bears would give up a third round pick I think it was or maybe it was a second I think it was a second round pick. Uh, yeah. there's last year they traded a second round pick for Chase Claypool and that was an abject disaster. Yeah, they've they, already traded him away.
2: They they they've had their issues.
1: So the Bears trade but they're what are they 2 and 6 I think? Mm-hmm. They can't, they can't possibly think they're contenders, right? They're 2 and 6 and their quarterbacks hurt. They don't think they're contenders. So this is a move for the future. But, but but Montez Sweat, this is the last year of his contract. Right. So they must be trading him with the intention of resigning him to a longer-term deal, right? You would think. So why in the last like year do they trade away Roquan Smith and trade away Leonard Floyd and trade away uh, Khalil Mack? Yeah. Wow. To get out of those contracts, and then they sign two linebackers, off-ball linebackers, to big contracts, and then they trade for Montez Sweat, presumably to give him a big contract. Why? Why do they do all that?
2: Well, you could be you could be Scott from Tampa on <laughs> on the score in Chicago, asking that question because Bear fans in the Chicagoland area are asking that question. That's why? Funny. That's funny. But if you um, there, what it how their their head coach has been there what. A year now, two years? I
1: think this is his second year. Second
2: year. Okay. So And
1: they didn't pick Justin Fields.
2: No. No. And so and the the kid from that played on Monday night.
1: Tyler Badgent?
2: Or Dyson? Yeah, he dad got did. a he got a pretty good uh, he's got a pretty strong arm.
1: I would hope so. you you I'm sure you heard them saying what his dad does, right?
2: No, what's his dad do?
1: his dad is like one of the all time greatest uh, arm wrestlers. Really, like multiple championships.
2: No wonder he's so bulked up. When I saw him on is t- <laughs> he uh, his son went over there and gave him a big hug. Yeah, it was that, really yeah. nice. I like I like when that stuff happens.
1: Um, I
2: mean, you got to be a dad. If, I mean, if if your son makes it to the pros, I mean, you just got to be beaming. You know. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty solid.
1: Uh, I don't know why we're talking about the. Bears.
2: Well, because it's, it's, it's we're talking it, about trades. Right? Yeah, you're scratching your head because of it. Yes.
1: The yeah. 49ers get another. one. What was the other? There was there was one really big one. Well, I guess the 49ers one was the biggest. one. Yeah.
2: Well, the big that's the one that you think, holy smokes! It's
1: like it, uh, you got to give them in credit. Last year at the trade, I don't know yeah. if it was right at the trade deadline. Close enough. They traded for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah,
2: which, that didn't work out too well. Which told I know <laughs> that
1: I know that Brock Purdy was the big story, but it was yeah. Christian McCaffrey that transformed that offense from good to unstoppable. When he
2: doesn't play, there's when when Debo. Samuel and him and and McCaffrey don't play. That's a different offense, for sure. Totally different offense. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's a pretty strong move
1: there. Um, I think Chase. I think um, Christian McCaffrey has scored a touchdown in like 17 straight games or something crazy like that. That's mm-hmm. insane. It that mm-hmm. is utterly insane.
2: And then um, um, Leonard Fournette has signed a deal with Buffalo as a. Uh, for the practice, practice squad. Quote, right?
1: Probably get elevated after a week or two. Something
2: like that. Um, the Cardinals
1: <laughs> traded away Josh Dobbs oh, to no. the Vikings. Ah. <laughs> uh, Josh Dobbs just gets ah. dropped into these situations. Poor guy. They, uh, he got traded to the Cardinals right before the season and then became their starter. Yeah. And in some games, actually played pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then the Cardinals just trade him back to—I uh, know Kyler Murray's coming back soon. Yeah. I know that. But. Um, although I think they're starting Clayton Toon, who d- does not sound like a real person. But I think they're starting him do you, in their next game. Do you think he rents rather than buys? Josh Dobbs? <laughs> yeah. He's probably learned to at this point. <laughs> just, I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, the Packers traded a cornerback— to the Bills, Russell Douglas.
2: The I Bills get, are making
1: some moves. Yeah, they are. But they've been
2: hurt. They, they've been kind of banged up. So there's that.
1: The Bills have – yeah, that's what, another reason why I thought maybe um, –
2: the Browns traded uh, Donovan Peoples Jones to the Lions.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're they're loading up for Bear. Yeah, well,
2: they look pretty. They didn't look great last night, but they were they were good. Enough. They were good enough to win, and that's was, all you need. They to They were be. clearly
1: the better team on the yeah. field. Oh yeah, the, the, the Raiders. Were terrible. I did
2: like their look. I did like more of the silver with yeah, the, with the yeah. blue. Uh-huh. It and, was good looking, yeah. and uh, the fans were really into it, so they're very excited in Detroit. T-
1: Tennessee's um, Houston Oilers throwbacks this week were fantastic. Absolutely,
2: that was. I heard It something. was one of those. I when I first saw it, I was like, "Is that an Oiler highlight? It's awful clean." <laughs> is that Bruce Matthews? Yeah, is that, that was... Earl Campbell. Oh, Earl Campbell. Oh my! <laughs> you know, is that Bum on the sideline? Bum Phillips.
1: Oh, Bum Phillips. Yeah, okay, I thought you were calling Earl Campbell oh, a bum.
2: No, no. Do you know
1: that you know Earl Campbell's connection to the Buccaneers? Right, kind of in a way.
2: Mm. Fill me in.
1: So the Bucks had the first pick in the seventy six draft.
2: Right. Lee and Roy. then
1: after going 0 and fourteen, they had the first pick in the seventy seven draft as well. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Oh, and they went with Ricky Bell. Yeah. And okay. then
1: in the in the in seventy eight, I believe they, they were they were also going to pick third after going two I mean first after going two and fourteen um in seventy seven. But instead of making that pick, um, they traded with the Oilers to get Jimmy Giles. Oh. Huh. And in the, well, I mean, they traded, and part of the trade, they traded from one down to, um, where did they get him? I'm trying to look at this list here. It's, they traded down to 17 and took Doug Williams. That's And good part of the return on the trade was Jimmy Giles.
2: I say that's a pretty good trade.
1: Yeah, although you know, and the Earl Campbell was considered the the best player in the draft, and he was fantastic. Yeah, but the Bucks had drafted Ricky Bell the year before,
2: right? And that was before Ricky Bell became ill.
1: And they they were planning on, um, yeah, right. And they were planning on targeting Doug Williams, and they knew they didn't have to do that with the first overall pick. Yeah, um, Art still went second, and Wes Chandler went third, oh. and James Lofton went sixth. James Lofton, and uh, that was Clay Matthews went twelfth. That was a good draft. John Jefferson went fourteenth. Mm. Holy moly, that was yeah. a good draft. Yeah.
2: And those were players.
1: Those were all really good. Ozzie Newsom went in the first round of that draft. Yeah. Larry Bethia, he was really good. Anyway, um what was I talking about before all that?
2: Well, we were talking about trades. Oh and, no, we we're talking yeah. about throwbacks. Yeah. Oh so yeah. I was Oilers. listening
1: to a podcast and they were arguing about whether um the best throwbacks were tennessee or seattle i didn't really see seattle yeah. but apparently they had some nice throwbacks and i'm like this is bucko bruce erasure
2: Who, yeah why are you not throwing that in the right argument? right no i felt the same way but if you had the, the reason why the oilers look so cool is they don't exist anymore yeah i'm not really surprised they did that i'm yeah. glad they did it but yeah I, I wouldn't have expected that well that that would be like can you imagine the ravens oh that would never yeah, happen
1: <laughs> They probably can't
2: because I, I, Cleveland's back in. Yeah, I didn't even get the finish. <laughs> but that would be pretty cool. Is there
1: any other team that could do that? I
2: don't think so. I don't think so. Because the
1: Cardinals just were even The Cardinals. They around, are the Car- they, They've always been the Cardinals.
2: Cardinals were Cardinals when they were in Chicago, sure. when they were in St. Louis. and The Raiders were, have moved around, but
1: they've always been the Raiders. Raiders. The Rams have always stayed the Rams. Yep.
2: No one's changed
1: their – There's a lot more of those in baseball. Like, the Baltimore Royals used to be the St. Louis Browns, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I know the Milwaukee Braves. At first, were the Boston Braves, Milwaukee Braves, the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. And then
1: um, wasn't there a team called the Colt Forty Fives that became? That
2: players? was the that was uh, the I think it was the Washington Senators went there and became no the, the
1: Washington Senators.
2: Be, be, oh, maybe someone became the Colt Forty Fives, but I will but say then they became this. The Seattle Pilots became the Mariners. That's a good one. No, no became became the Brewers. Really? Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the Montreal Expos became the Washington Nationals. Correct. So I'm, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot more name change moves. Well, yeah, yeah. So we got the one, the Oilers to the Titans, but I yeah. can't think of another one. There, no. if, if there is another one, somebody's screaming at us right
2: now. No, they're, I mean, if you, I mean, other than the Commanders.
1: Oh, yeah, well, they moving, changed. Their, they didn't they, move,
2: but they didn't move. That's true. Uh, the Vikings have always been the Vikings. The Bears. Um, Steelers, Steelers, yeah. You start thinking about those core, yeah. Those core.
1: Raiders.
2: I don't think so. Chiefs.
1: Chiefs were the Houston Texans originally, I think.
2: Well, yes, they were. There's one. They they were the uh, Amer. That was the American football. Right, right. But it is a team.
1: So they. That's
2: true. But they
1: can't throw back to the Texans because now there's a new Texans.
2: Right, right.
1: That's kind of interesting.
2: Yeah. That was I didn't I did not that was not on my bingo card. Um, going
1: <laughs> what, a, what a trip down memory lane we just took and dragged a bunch of listeners. Well, with with, what
2: I like about the, the the Houston Oilers thing is it was very very cool. Dallas Texans. Ah, uh, the Dallas. Texans. For three years they were the Dallas yeah.
1: Texans in the AFL.
2: Um, what was I going to say? Uh, mainly because when I was looking at the Oilers uh, logo and their helmet. It made me think about um, doing games in the Astrodome and we did a game there. So that was that's one of the stadiums that at one time was the seventh wonder of the world. Yeah,
1: now it's
2: and Now it looks like a storage shed next to the new Nobody goes in there. No. There's they used to do the there. they used to do the rodeo in
1: there. Yeah, but they don't they haven't for years. Yeah. We've had this discussion on this no, podcast. No, before. but what
2: I what I'm saying though is that that, um, that that's a good that that was a great throwback. They did a nice job.
1: It was really cool. But if you're going to argue about which one's best,
2: oh, you uh, creamsicle's the best. You got to at least yeah. include the bucks. It's you know what's funny is watching the highlights from the creamsicle game. I see those uniforms and I go, wow, that really looks good. And and any time I was not a big fan of no. those during that oh, period. It, yes, you know?
1: people associated the orange with losing.
2: Yes, yes,
1: and I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's not so much. That people wouldn't have liked the color because it was unique. Mm-hmm. It said the Bucks did a whole lot of losing in that color. Yeah. So now that the Buccaneers have found several eras mm-hmm. of success in franchise history and mm-hmm. won two Super Bowls in a different uniform, you can feel good about it. You can look at the uniforms and, and not think about oh that's just that's just a losing color. You, just, you can look at them and go oh, that looks pretty good. Yeah. But you- I think I th- I personally believe it's best in small doses.
2: Oh no question. One, most-
1: one week one give a
2: year is fine. All the throwbacks are best in small doses. Because if you see it all the time, it becomes the You've norm. you made the correct yeah. take.
1: Yes. yes. So,
2: all right. Well, we'll uh, make that a rule.
1: <laughs> I think it, well, it's almost a rule. I think yeah. you can only wear alternate uniforms like three times a year or something like Something
2: that. like that. But that is, uh, yeah, that's pretty good.
1: You want to know a cool thing that happened in that game, that Buffalo game?
2: Uh, I mean, a stat, stat-wise. Stat wise.
1: Oh, stat-wise. Well, oh, I mean, you, yes, it's I a thing that happened. stats. Well, it's a thing that happened, but I can apply a cool stat to it. Okay, go ahead. Uh so Antoine Winfield, mm. who I'm going to find a reason to rave about every week, makes another play on a blitz, jumps Unreal. up, deflects the ball and Will Golston comes down with the uh deflection.
2: Correct. He go. gets an interception. Four. His first interception in 11 years.
1: And it was in his 160th game played. Really? I so didn't... he he got his first interception in his 160th game. So I started thinking earlier today, hmm, hmm, or actually I think it was yesterday. I wonder what's the record for the latest game in one's career of of, that they it. got their first interception. Ah. and I went. I have no idea how to look that up.
0: <laughs> so how did
1: you look? I it up? didn't. Oh, I went over and asked, or I sent an email to Ben and Dan and Ben and Andrew in PR, right? Asking if they had any ideas of how to do that because we have a. A number of different stat services. Yeah. And some of them I am familiar with and some of them I'm not. And they, they use different ones the than I do. Sure. And if you're really desperate, you can you can send an email to Elias and their database. And they'll they look can it up. usually figure that stuff oh, out. that's pretty cool. But it sometimes takes a day or two to get an answer. And uh, Ben, uh, who did an awesome job on this told me he had already thought of that, and it started searching it on, I think, True Media, and it just timed out on him, so he doesn't know if it's going to work, but he, said, he says, I'll try it again. And so what he did was he took, he filtered for everybody who played 159 games and had zero interceptions. If you played at least 159, or if you played yep. 159 games had zero interceptions, okay, see what I'm saying there? The, yeah. that, that would be the crew that could possibly get their first interception in their 160th game or later. Mm-hmm. And then he took all those people that had spat out saw which ones had an interception. And then, oh, I don't remember the whole methodology. But, but he still, figured it out. That's pretty smart. So, how do you think that
2: ranks? Uh, of 160 games, first INT, I think it were like uh, five.
1: The fifth latest game? Yeah. That's pretty good. That's really good because it's actually tied for seventh. Really? The The incredible thing here is that a couple years ago, you remember Steve McClendon. I do. That was a defensive lineman the Bucks I, got in a yeah, trade. With, from Miami? No, from New England. New England. Okay. No. The Jets. They got him in a trade deadline trade with the Jets. Right. Okay. Uh, he played a few years, was on the Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. We, we traded for him because Vita Vea was hurt. He got an interception while with the Bucks. his first one in his 160th game. Wow. That is a wild what coincidence.
2: Yeah, that's. So now there must be a third. Because everything actually... happens in threes. There is a third. Really?
1: Mm-hmm. Who? You're not a Buccaneer, but a third player. First interception, in the 160th game, and he's a Hall of Famer. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. Derek Thomas. Wow. He's a former Kansas City Chiefs great. Wow. Who was there the year I worked for Kansas City? Yeah. Holy smokes! Derek Thomas had his first interception in his 160th career game.
2: Now, see, that's the kind of stat I like. That's why it, it tells as soon as a I great. Said stat, you went. Uh, uh, you know, well, because it's all numbers to me. No pun intended. But that that is. Yes. There's um, uh, a human interest story with that. Oh,
1: actually, Ben told me how he did it, so I'll read it. All right. I set a search for at least 159 consecutive games with zero interceptions to begin a career. Mm-hmm. It populated 92 results, and I went one by one. Wow. Poor guy. To see which of these 92 player, those 92 players ended their career with at least one INT. From there, it was just going to their game logs and seeing how it shook out. Well, Ben. So... Ben, that's a lot of work.
2: That's props to you, Ben. He said, he said at
1: the bottom, I probably should get back to work
2: now. Yeah, well, that's props to, to Ben for helping the Salty Dogs out. That was a good one. I like it.
1: Um, so, number one is Trace Armstrong. Remember mm. Trace Armstrong? Wasn't I do. a bear for yeah, a long time. Yeah, 201. 201?
2: Wow. <laughs> Jeez, that's what? I wonder how many games that's he like, actually played. That's 15 seasons? That's a good question.
1: Wow. I have so many windows open on my computer.
2: That right is that is remarkable. Trace
1: Armstrong. Did he play for anybody else? Oh, yeah, he played for Miami and Oakland, too. Actually, he played as long for Miami as he did for Chicago. Huh. Anyway, he only played in 211 games, and? and he had 10 games in his last season. So he got his first interception in the very last game of his Career? 14th season. Wow. He played 15. That's wow. crazy.
2: I guess you'd never forget your INT,
1: then. (laughs) You wouldn't. Uh, Randy White, he's a Hall of Famer, right? He is. 185th game. Wow. Anthony Pleasant, I think he mostly played for the Browns. 176th. Somebody named Greg Cragen I've never heard of. 165. Art Still, who I just, this is the second time I've named said Art Still in this podcast. Uh Uh, 164 uh art stills famous he's probably in the hall of fame although i don't know for sure joe nash i have not heard of 163 and then the three guys we mentioned with 160 wow that's a neat little stat yeah
2: it? and I, I i saw will um on monday and gave him props and he was looking for his ball they they had it in their <laughs> equipment room i okay. saw him in the equipment room that's,
1: i'm gonna tell him that no yeah. or maybe i should let he, ben do it since he well all maybe work. ben
2: should yeah
1: um Here's, okay, you're, here's another stat all right. that you're going to end up liking. Okay. Okay. You're on a roll. Because it's about Levante David. Oh, well,
2: anything you say about Levante, <laughs> I like.
1: Levante has had, in his last three games, has had 12, 13, and 14 tackles. Okay. Uh, which is the first streak like that that we've had in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that has put him all the way up to, it's so good when we get to do this when I have my laptop with me. can. Yeah. That has put him up to a total of 1,411 tackles in his career. All right. Which means he is closing in on one Mr. Rondé Barber for the second spot. Mm. Derek Brooks has a a lead that will probably – a number that will probably never be topped, 2,198 in in Bucks history. Sure. Second, amazingly, a cornerback – this is, again, how amazing Rondé was. Amazingly, a cornerback is second on our list at 1428, but now Levante is third at 1411, so – Decent chance he gets it within the next two weeks.
2: Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty big wow. happening, right? He's playing. He's playing like, he's like playing I great. said. Yeah, yeah.
1: He, he, playing like a kid. I think it's mostly because he came on our podcast.
2: Maybe. Yeah, it could be that. I think that. And play. I had to remind him that he was playing for a contract, so you know there was <laughs> that <laughs> to, to to keep things going.
1: Do you who's know fourth on, for us all time in tackles. Who do you know?
2: Do I know who's you want to hazard a guess? Fourth in all time tackles for the Bucks. Yeah, I figured you were saying that. Fourth all-time tackle. Mm, don't know. I mean, I, I really... On, you can't even guess. John Lynch. Hardy Nickerson. Oh, Hardy. Really? Yeah. Hardy didn't really play that long for us. He was us. here
1: from 93 to 99, so that's seven seasons. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, but remember,
2: yeah.
1: he he had he 14 tackles in one D- season. Yeah, I was just
2: going to say, yeah. And that's when... They, yeah, yeah.
1: It wasn't until Derek Brooks came along that mm-hmm. that he then started to um, not always be the tackle leader, right? Uh, and fifth is Shelton Quarles, Actually, John, John Lynch is sixth. Oh, okay. Batman Wood is seventh.
2: Mm. All right.
1: Um, Mc, uh, Chase McLaughlin. Let's talk about him. He okay. had a fifty-seven yarder in that game. He's already hit two fifty-seven yarders this yeah. season, and this one was not in a dome. With no wind. No. There, the elements were a factor yeah. in this one. I was a little surprised he sent him out for that 57-yarder. I was, too. He had the 51-yarder blocked.
2: That's – and the reason why I, I I got the 57 and I was thinking about that, but then when you were talking, I was like, yeah, but what about that one that got blocked?
1: So he said Not had,
2: his. What did he say? Hmm? What did he say?
1: What did who say?
2: McLaughlin. Did, I didn't say he said oh, anything. Oh, I thought you said he said. No, he, he – so he hit a fifty
1: seven yard. He's already hit he's already had three fifty plus kicks. He's yep. hit fifty-seven twice. Um so you know that's that's kind of cool. His only two misses out of fourteen tries this year were both blocks. You're Right. I don't remember the first one. Sometimes when you have a block especially on a long field goal attempt you wonder was that the kicker's fault because right. the trajectory was too low but if you look at the replay that guy pretty got up there pretty good he got in there and a lot of that stuff was almost sheer luck no this was one of the leaping ones with the hand
2: mhm so yeah. uh
1: i mean if he kicks it 1 foot to the right yeah, yeah. it's not blocked no i don't know if it goes in we mm. we can't know that no. but given his track record he, Probably would have and it was, and,
2: and we were. I, I, thought I was surprised it got blocked because you're not thinking that.
1: Hey, while we've been on this podcast, the trade deadline has passed. Yes, so, so the Bucks did not make any. So
2: miss. you're not, you're not going anywhere, buddy boy.
1: <laughs> I got traded to the. Uh, <laughs> I can't even be traded my hometown because there's no team in St. Louis. Anymore. Well,
2: that's true. Or if you did get traded there, that would really suck for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, <that laughs> since would, there's no team, that would not be well unless I got traded across sports to the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, well, then you would be, it,
2: you would be like, oh my gosh. You that would, would be I, in heaven. Oh, gosh. You wouldn't be able to. You? Oh. I don't know if I
1: could process it. No,
2: you couldn't. You would be overloaded. That's why I just don't. And I, you know what? It would take your enjoyment, your pleasure out of it. I
1: wonder if it would. I, yeah,
2: I would think so. Maybe it would. Because that's your side thing. You know, I, I've never thought that being a fan of a team was
1: a particularly positive uh trait if you're looking for a job with that team. It's not a negative, I don't think, but I don't think it's a positive.
2: No, but but something like someone like Nelson Luis who grew up in Tampa yeah. Bay, well, he's yeah. got his, he's uh, our chief communications officer. Right. He uh, he is in his dream job. I guess he but he doesn't really wear his fandom on his sleeve, you know what no, I'm saying? No, no.
1: No, he's a pro. He's a pro. He's, pro. he's, a, pro. he's a, pro. a pro. But
2: yeah, but you see, if you if you worked for the Cardinals, you wouldn't be able to enjoy your fandom like you do with. The but Cardinals. you just said
1: he's in his dream job. He is, but he's real but professional. Wouldn't you wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> I was trying
2: to complete my sentence. I, yeah, didn't.
1: I don't like where that's headed. Well,
2: you are a fan, fan, and uh, you get to release your um, not hostilities, but um, when they make you mad, and when you, they make you mad, you'll turn the game off. When they. make when they make you mad, you yell at them. Yeah. You know, you're a fan, and that's that's fandom. Do you know that – did you watch any of – have you watched any of the baseball playoffs? I have.
1: Have you seen how the Rangers' Adoles Garcia has been absolutely tearing it up?
2: He has, except he pulled a muscle on his back last night.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah. Last night? They didn't play last night.
2: Yes, they did. They, oh, uh, who won? Uh, Texans. Oh, I think i for Texas. Huh? They I think won. I'm for Texas. Yeah. He, he um, swung. Damn, I forgot to watch he, that game. He swung really hard. He swung uh, really hard. And uh, threw something in his back.
1: He swung too hard, though. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. In fact, they got a couple injuries. Max, um, Mad Max. Max Scherzer got hurt? Yep. Well, he he gets hurt hurt all the time. Yeah, he got hurt. What a career he's had. He only threw 36 innings, but that was 36 36 innings. That's got to be a record. 36 pitches, but it was through three records or three innings. (laughs) 12 12 pitches an inning is pretty efficient. Yeah, pretty strong, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, just so you know, it's on tonight.
1: Okay. And, also, and there's no football in the way, so I can nope. make sure I'll watch it.
2: Okay. Last night, it was very, very difficult. It was the lightning were playing, <laughs> baseball was on, oh, geez. And, and Monday Night Which Football. I
1: watched football. So
2: whoever went into commercial break, flip, and then you were there. Oh, okay. So it was— I just stuck with football. It was like really, oh, wow, this is this is tough. Well, anyway,
1: Adolfo Garcia, who set a bunch of records in the ALCS yeah. for like homers and RBIs and all right. that. You know the Cardinals traded him to Texas. Yeah, did they? Yeah, for cash considerations. Ah, I mean this is obviously before he became big. Yeah, good deal there. <sighs> Tommy Pham, also f- a player the Cardinals traded away. And he
2: was with the Re- Devil, with the Rays here in Tampa. He also because the
1: Cardinals traded him to them. Yeah,
2: him. yeah, and he is Marcelo Zuna. The Cardinals traded him. Yeah, he's him away. hot right now. He's playing really. He's well. He's a very streaky hitter. Yeah, well, he's streaking he's a, at the right time. He's kind of an unusual dude too. He was four for four. Saturday night. Wow. Okay. No, Sunday night. He was four for four Sunday night. Saturday night. Saturday night. Yeah, that's right. They didn't play. Sunday. You know what? I keep forgetting we played on Thursday and we had the weekend off. Right. So, anyways, he was four for four. He's coming up uh, his fifth at bat and he goes to the manager and says, Pinch hit for me. He has a friend that never uh, doesn't play. Is
1: it Jace before. Peterson? Or something I think like something
2: that? like that. And he doesn't play very often. And and Tommy thought this is his only chance for him to in get world. an at bat. He gives up that, and they must have been winning by a lot. At that they way. were, it was like nine to one. Okay, okay. Um, did to dude get a hit? He did. <laughs> so great, you know. See now, that's that's the type of stories I like.
1: I saw the headline, and they only had his last name in there, which was Peterson. Uh-huh. I know
2: there's a player in the in the MLB named Jace Peterson, mm-hmm. so it was probably him. So that that's why being a fan, you can do all of that stuff. But if you work for them.
1: Okay. It, it I knew nothing about the Bucks before I came here,
2: um, and now I probably, I did though. I did. I, I now I around, probably
1: yeah. know more about the Bucks than maybe five people in the.
2: Ah, uh, you know a lot about the Bucks. Paul Stewart's got I th- me for sure. I think
1: I know a lot about the Bucks, but you know a lot about the Bucks. Uh, how how happy do you think the people are that came to listen to this podcast about Buccaneer football that we just did like five minutes on baseball? Well,
2: it, we did five minutes of fandom. <laughs> okay, <laughs> get it right. Okay, all right,
1: all right. Let's let me get to a few things. Um, if,
2: you, if you're if you coming to this podcast and thinking we're going to keep a straight line, then it's not going or, to happen. Or
1: that we're going, yeah, there's no straight
2: lines. There's no straight lines.
1: Like I said last week, and I'm plugging them again, if you want a very structured uh, a podcast, well-structured where they hit certain points and they're prepared for them ahead of time, listen to Tampa 2 with Casey Phillips and Bree Dix at the end of the week.
2: Mm-hmm. Hopefully you'll listen to us as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying leave us, just... Let's just say Put if, that into your rotation. Let's just say if we had coloring books, we would <laughs> not be in the lines. No, I'm not gonna so coloring. You know.
1: I was never good at coloring. See,
2: there you go. That that explains
1: it. I have absolutely there's things in the world, there's things that people are good at mm-hmm. that I don't even understand how it would be possible to be good at. Like how do you write music? I don't even know I could never do that. You could try to train me and I'm positive I wouldn't be right. able to do it. How do you, I could never
2: paint. But that's what makes that person special. Who was that Bob guy that would go on TV? And, oh yeah, with I the big he, hair. I think he passed away recently. I don't know, but he, yeah, he would teach you how to do it with. So maybe know.
1: I could do the little strokes and, and draw some trees. But right. I can I could never draw a good drawing. Mm. I just that's, awesome.
2: it's a talent. It's yeah. given. To some you. Some people just yeah.
1: can yeah. do it. And I and then if you have the talent, you can make it better.
2: Yeah, you can improve your talent. But I, I mean, I,
1: some people have told me they don't know how they could ever write. You know, write well.
2: I agree with that.
1: You know, There are people that just don't have the ability to write well. I,
2: I, I can compose a letter. I can do it, but it takes me longer than it should. Oh, really? Yeah. But I watch you, and it makes my head hurt because <laughs> you fly across the keyboards, yeah. and you do a lot of writing.
1: I do a lot of writing.
2: And you shut the door, and you go. I
1: spend a lot of time with my door shut.
2: Yes, you do. But that. But everybody has their talent. You have to hone in on it. I didn't do the favorite thing you saw, did I? Uh, you did not. Well, I from- got, Go ahead. I mean,
1: I guess the favorite thing I saw over the weekend—no, no, 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 no. That's not true because I no. went to my sister's wedding, so, yeah. so that would be the favorite thing.
2: Favorite thing at the game. or the Favorite, thing, or favorite thing during our, our trip. Well,
1: obviously, it yeah. would be Niagara Falls. All right. And I, and I was trying to talk about this earlier. We, we obviously went off on a tangent and never got back to it. I don't know if everybody else feels this way, but obviously I've seen depictions of Niagara Falls in movies and yeah. whatever. I always thought it was just one— Big waterfall, right? Like the and I probably was picturing the Horseshoe Falls, the mm-hmm. one called Horseshoe Falls, uh-huh. and which is named for an obvious reason. And there's a bunch of mist everywhere, sure. Um, but it's like four different waterfalls, yeah. Because this, I could not believe how wide that river was, yeah. And then as it gets to where the falls are going to be, the park itself, Niagara Falls State Park or whatever, is really an island that the river splits around. Uh-huh. So it ends up there was like four different waterfalls. I yeah. had no idea.
2: Yeah. And There's the American side and there's the Canadian side. And if
1: you go to the Canadian side, you can kind of get a better view angle on it yeah. to view it. And they but it was pretty cool from the, from the American side,
2: and too. they and they light them up at night. I didn't that, see that. That was my only uh regret. Regret is I, I've seen it before, but I but I went and saw it during the daytime. The night before, I wish I would have walked down and I chose not to.
1: Well, anyway, it was cool. Yeah, the other favorite thing. Would probably be Mike.
2: Is a fire alarm again? I hear a siren.
1: <laughs> a fire alarm went off in our building today, and it wasn't a test. No. So the firemen had to come.
2: Fire yeah. department. Yep.
1: And we all had to go stand outside on the field. Um, I'm acting like this was such a terrible inconvenience. I, I,
2: I wonder how long it took the firemen to get through past security, Mike.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's not Mike Martin doesn't even be catching strays, right? I'm now. Just
2: <laughs> um He's a very good security guy. Uh he does not let anyone in. <laughs> Scott Smith in particular. <laughs>
1: no, he wouldn't let me out that <laughs> yeah. one day. Well that's <laughs> um it, it's funny that the a fire alarm goes off and nobody nobody, nobody moves. <laughs> nobody nobody believes fire alarms. <laughs> I, nobody I, believes a fire alarm.
2: That is so that is not good.
1: You would have to smell the smoke probably before you would actually believe well,
2: it. In fairness to us, we were eating our 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 lunch and we looked around and went, "I don't see
1: anything." Well, we were also about five feet from a door, yeah. We so were, we could have got out pretty quick. We,
2: we had an exit strategy <laughs> in place, so we were good to go. But
1: nobody else came and left the building no. until somebody came around and made them. Yes, we actually have. I don't know what they're called. They're fire marshals. Like each department has its own little a fire fire marshal guy who's supposed to lead the way if there is a fire.
2: Somebody asked me who in my department I, was in charge.
1: I have, an idea. An I have no idea. idea. Not me. <laughs> that's all I know. And but now then, I know
2: it's not Jeff. But then I told you how I would get out of my office. So. Yeah,
1: I didn't believe you
2: though. I you could do it. I don't think those windows you, would break. They will. I'm telling you. Jeff
1: thinks you could throw There's, a chair at the It's window a double
2: it's a double pane, but you have to hit the first pane to get the second pane. Just so you know.
1: He said he would his office he can get to the little ledge by the big football. Yep. It's on the front of the building. He'd say he would break the window, hop out on that ledge. And then go over and climb down the football, yeah. which I think you could do. Yes, you can. I've looked at it. I examined it. Yeah. Yes. That's really slide c- down. But tell me that's your exit strategy. If the fire is on the other side
2: of your door. Yes. Otherwise
1: it would probably be best to just walk to the stairwell.
2: That's This don't this, you think this would be true? But if I only exit I had was, well, yeah, I mean, I'd be paying attention. I, I wouldn't have access to that ledge, so well, I'd, I'd, let I'd you, have to jump. I'd let you come in my office,
1: but under this scenario, I would have to already be in your office because the fire's outside your door. No, I don't. Think, I guess yeah. I just tried to jump into those bushes. right I was going to
2: see if you could leap on that ledge, but no, I don't think you'd make it. So I I might break a leg, but I don't I'm, think I would die. Hopefully, we don't have to worry. No, you wouldn't. That fall, well, you don't that think fall, break, I could break. You'd a leg. break a leg on that fall. Yeah, um, we're on the second
1: floor. I was uh, what I was trying to say was that my favorite thing. Uh-huh other than the Niagara Falls, was that Mike Evans touchdown catch. Oh, great. For one thing, every time Mike Evans scores a touchdown, it's it's another milestone because yes. he keeps moving up yeah. the all-time list. He moved from tied for 18th to tied for 17th uh-huh. with Jimmy Graham. Right. And it, each time he catches another pass until 92, he's going to move up another spot. And that was a big-time catch. And the catch amazing. was amazing. Off I told, the guy's helmet. I didn't know that. He just kind of... Yep. Wow. Uh, he... I looked at the next-gen little moving dots on that one, too. Uh-huh. And that guy, Teron Johnson, is one of the best slot corners in the league, and Mike came out of the slot on that play they were on the right side, and then he, he crowd across to the left. Um, Teron Johnson had tight coverage on him the entire way. Mike never had more than two yards of separation, and by the time the ball arrived, it was 0.9. Right. So that dude was all over him, mm-hmm. and he still made that it catch. He did. And it was on fourth down. And it Bad. It was. If he doesn't catch that, then we have no chance to win the game.
2: You're not. You're not arguing about a hail mary if that doesn't yeah.
1: happen. Yeah. So that was. I mean, Mike is just. I mean, what more can
2: we say? Yeah. It's just so good. My favorite thing at the game. Are you ready, man? The frisbee dogs.
1: Oh yeah, frisbee dogs. Yes. They were good too. They
2: were awesome. Yep. I just. I. I don't know why. I have seen them. I. I can't count how many times. But every time I do it, it still makes me laugh. It. It just. You know. They, they, well, they're so happy. Yeah. I mean, and they're so good. Yeah, they're so good,
1: too. <laughs> so, but it looks like it just makes them so happy.
2: Yeah. That, like, at the end, they always run all the way back to the owner and jump into his arms. Yeah. Or now, her arms. I do have to ask, did you have uh, chicken wings when you were up there? Did you get wings? I did not. Really?
1: No, I didn't eat out at all. Real? Wow. I, I, I stayed in and got stuff done on Wednesday night. Yeah. Because I, I was leaving.
2: I worked on the airplane getting there, and then when I, when I got to the hotel room, I, I finished working, and then I went to dinner and had I did have wings. Was, I mean,
1: I've had wings at Buffalo before. Yeah, I know.
2: But it was just kind of like – I they tasted pretty much the same. That's but, the point, too. But it's just kind of fun. They get credit for inventing it, I guess.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, plenty of people have done good wings all over the place. And
2: I do have to give the Buffalo uh, – well, I should say the, the uh, Bill's Mafia um, – Props. Very impressed with their tailgating abilities. (laughs) Very, very impressed. That's good. Yeah. I didn't see any of that. You didn't? Nope. Not on your long bus ride in? Oh, I
1: wasn't paying attention. Oh. That
2: was another thing. I was up up for 37 straight hours.
1: Were you cranky?
2: No, I was okay. Oh, okay. It's weird. Well, that's because you were with your family. That's why.
1: it's weird because if I was with you, you'd be great. I don't know if I've had a lot of those experiences. I'm sure it's happened at some point in my life, maybe in college. Sure. But it was funny how I would I would get really tired, but then you'd like hit a, a second win and yep. feel, and then it yeah, happened for, multiple yeah, times. times over. So I got up around I don't know maybe nine on um, Thursday 30. morning, mm-hmm. but that would be eight o'clock St. Louis. Correct. So then worked the game, went back to the hotel, uh, the, the, the hotel near the airport. Got there around 2, knew I was taking a shuttle to the airport at 5, so I didn't bother going to
2: sleep. Did you have a room? Yeah. Oh, so you were able to take a shower? And I took a shower, changed, okay. got a little bit of That's work done. nice. No,
1: it was great. I appreciate Tim Jaraqui doing that. Because there were other people who were flying commercials, uh-huh. so they were getting them rooms. So, didn't sleep because there was no point in trying to go
2: sleep in that room. And you're minute. fearful of not waking up. Yeah, and you had a very early morning flight. To
1: go, to the, go to the airport. I have difficulty sleeping on planes, yeah. so that would have made sense. I had two different plane flights. I might have dozed off once or twice, but it was only for a few minutes. Uh-huh. So then I get there. I'm with my family. I'm not going. I tried to take a nap in the afternoon, but I can't nap. So even though I hadn't slept at that point for like yeah. 24 hours, I couldn't sleep. So I got back up. So I didn't go to bed till I don't know. I, it must. I think I was up for longer than 37 hours because yeah. that's what I was saying at my sister's party. Anyway, whatever. The point being that was weird. Um I didn't I didn't enjoy that, but it was a necessary thing.
2: Yeah. We um flying back, we landed at around I don't know 4:15 something in the like morning, that. Yeah. yeah. And I got home by 5. I was up at 8:30 back oh, in here at a little after 9. Cuz you had to do the coach show. Yeah, it got a little after 9 and then um I was here until almost 6. And when I got home, I, I really wanted to go to bed and I made my, I just, <laughs> Oh, that's smart. I just was like, no, you, you know, just, you know, try to get to 10 o'clock. Yeah, that's and It's I, like I, when you're trying to avoid, it's like when you're trying to avoid jet lag. Right? Yeah. I got to like nine forty. 40 and that's I pretty said, good. okay, that's close <laughs> enough. I, I'm, I'm out. But yeah, the, the night games and then it takes it then, you know, on Saturday, you know, you kind of, you're almost back to normal, but, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. And I feel sorry for the players because, uh, you know, they had to be here. They had to be here at like 10 o'clock uh, because of treatment. Yeah, but then they got a couple of days off. They did. They did. And so, we had a bonus practice. Anyway,
1: I, t- I said last week that I would share the football-related joke oh. that I gave in the in my uh, toast oh, yes. at my sister's I, wedding, Yes, which was beautiful, by the way. And and was it? She didn't get to do the part outside. She wanted to do the was ceremony. It a, was it a large wedding? Uh hundred people? Medium. Yeah, I think there was probably hundred okay. people. It was medium. Um, there weren't a lot of the usual wedding bells and whistles. She didn't have a... Because, obviously, it's my older sister. Uh-huh. So if you know how old I am, you can... But do I mean, she doesn't look anywhere near her right. age. Right. Um, uh, and she's, she and her husband have a long time left together. and um, But they didn't do... This is their second marriage for both. Sure. They didn't do a lot of the... Bells and whistles. Yeah, of them. They, they've been through it already. Yeah. so they didn't have a wedding party, for right. instance, and they didn't they didn't even have a head table for them to eat dinner at. They just wanted to move around the room and oh, that's and, very sit cool. With, sit with different people at yeah. different times, and um, just she just wanted to dance a lot. Um, but anyway, it was really beautiful. They moved the the reception was already going to be indoors and they moved the ceremony part indoors too. And it was very beautiful. I know she wanted to be outside, but it was just a wonderful venue. It was at a, uh, winery. Oh, very cool. Um, it was really, really neat. They did great job. And, uh, Anyway, I was asked to give a toast, uh-huh. which I spent a long time practicing on because I don't like to have cards. Right. I want to just I'm say all it. about that. Which is a bit of a shame. I probably should have kept notes because I actually realized afterwards that I forgot a few parts right. and I missed a good joke or two here uh, and there. Oh, yeah. But I did land the main joke. Uh, her husband grew up in Chicago, actually in downtown Chicago, and is a huge Bears fan to this day. All right. Which, you know, you know. Yeah. she mentioned that in her vows because they wrote their own vows. Uh, and and then when I mentioned it again, I'm like, went to the crowd. I'm like, this isn't the big joke. I went to the crowd. It's okay to boo that part. And I said he's a Bears <laughs> yeah, fan. Yeah. And then a bunch of people booed because they are mostly like Chiefs and, and yeah. Cowboys fans in the room. And uh, I'm like, you couldn't boo my sister during her vows, but you can boo now. Right. And Anyway, as part of the speech, I said something about him being a Bears fan. I said, so Mike, uh, in honor of that, I wanted to be the first to congratulate you. And by the way, I want to say... I cleared this joke with my sister beforehand
2: Okay, to make sure that it
1: wasn't going to be offensive. All of a
2: sudden, my mind is racing, like, where is he going with
1: this? I said to Mike, I'm like, I wanted to be the first to congratulate you on now having had more wives than the Bears have ever had good quarterbacks. Wow. <laughs> wow. It, it was great. I got a lot of laughs. Wow. And then I said, to be honest, Mike, you're just padding your uh, lead at, the, at this point. You already had it. Yeah, right. I told him, we, you know, I, I watched the Buccaneers beat the Bears earlier this season, and I don't think Justin Fields is coming for your lead,
2: yeah.
1: Although I actually kind of like Justin Fields,
2: yeah. Um, that's good,
1: yeah. It went over well, I like that it. part. Went over well, And then I got sentimental, of course.
2: Well, you gotta did, do that part. Did you get uh teary eye? Be honest,
1: yes. I
2: have to admit, this is the best part. That if Scott is very sensitive, but you never, you, you, it has to be certain things. It's not like you're not that person, like always <clears throat> emotional.
1: I'll bear my soul here. I'm a bit of a crier. I cry at movies all the time. Yes,
2: you have told me this. <laughs>
1: uh, and I cry at every wedding I go to. I just think they're beautiful events, even if I don't even know the people all that well. When the, you know, the bride's walking down the aisle, and she looks so beautiful, and you know what they're doing there, and the, they're so happy. They're, they're about to make vows for the rest of their lives to each other. It's just the whole thing's beautiful to me. Okay. I love weddings. So it, now adding the fact that it's my sister who I love, yeah, there, there was no chance I wasn't going to cry. But I made it through my toast without crying. Nice. Which was the only time. I practiced it a bunch of times and never could do it without choking up. And I made it through without choking up. So I I think it's because I was very nervous. You wouldn't think I'd be nervous because I sometimes speak in front of 60,000 people at a stadium. Yes. But
2: I was, for some reason, very nervous. That's because it mattered. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, Can you give us the toast? I'm not going to do the whole thing. I just oh. gave you the highlight right there. Oh, all right. I just thought maybe, you know. Be... No, I think it's kind of personal. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'm glad that you were able to make it. I'm glad the schedule makers uh, made it that happen. That was incredible. That, that... I would have
1: missed a game for my sister's wedding, yeah. but I didn't have to. As it right. Out.
2: And that's the hardest part that we have talked about before. You just, you just got to figure it out. If I, It
1: would have been the first game, Buccaneers game that I did not work I can't say that I wasn't at because of the yeah. COVID year.
2: COVID killed us. Um, but the, the
1: first game that I did not work since 1993. That's crazy. When uh, former owner Hugh Culverhouse decided a few weeks into the season that there were too many people on the plane. Yeah. So every department had to lose a person. I was a low man on yeah. the totem, totem pole in PR, and I didn't get to go to the Giants game. Hmm.
2: And then they realized, holy and smokes, The very we next need week,
1: they realized the people they kicked off, they really needed. Yeah, and yeah. let us all back sure. on. Sure. <laughs> <laughs>
2: huh, what Something a concept. Was <laughs> I thought that was people fun. who work for a living on game day. <laughs> huh? Maybe they should go to the game. How long have we been going? Um, oh, about 57 minutes. Okay. So yeah. we
1: can go a little more, and we don't have to.
2: Yeah, well, it's up to you. Well, you I, wanted
1: to, I wanted to – I wanted to – I thought that Todd Bowles had a really good line about – about the trade deadline.
2: I loved on Monday.
1: it. He was asked, were the Bucks going to be buyers or sellers? And I just, I thought, I think this is his best press conference line of the whole year. Yep. He goes, We're going to be listeners. We're not trying to be buyers and sellers, but right. we'll listen.
2: Right. I totally love that. That was a
1: great line. And
2: I, I'm curious. And I think
1: it was also true and accurate, not just him trying to deflect it.
2: I think that's, that's very, very true. You know, everyone always talks about how they need to, to make a trade or Thank they you. want to trade. Thank you. Yes, in my office. Thank you. Um, this is like last year's tradition. Yeah. Remember that? That was Savannah, the PR intern,
1: delivering us our game bringing releases. game day
2: releases. Um, who you know who used to deliver those? Yeah. Who you do? No. Who used to deliver
1: the P, the previous PR intern?
2: Yeah, Michaela. Michaela, right? You're going to see her on Sunday. Oh, good. She's now with the Texans. Oh, really? See how I good connected that. Do- see how I connected that dot.
1: I should have put that in the connections in my. Um in my story oh, in my game
2: preview. Oh my gosh, that would have been so funny. Be, I still oh, can. We haven't posted it yet. You should that That'd is be funny. Oh, that would be very funny. And you and I would be the only ones that get it. But that I would tell her though. Yeah, that would be funny. Yes, I like it. Very much so. But yeah, I, I you know, everybody talks about oh, you gotta make a trade and of course there was a lot of conversation a lot of people feel when I say a lot of people, fans feel that we need a running back. You know. The problem is with trades, you gotta A have someone that you want out there, and then hopefully those people who have that person you want want to trade, and you have enough capital to trade with them, yeah you know, so it's just not as easy as everybody makes it out to be I don't know who
1: would who would have been out there that the bucks could have traded for that would really move the needle well I everyone mean, was talking about the the tough penny. yeah no, and then the derek, t- derek Derek Henry. Henry.
2: um we're not at thirty for derek, no at thirty mean, years old as a running back, but you know, you're kind of running a guy in that in that particular instance, which is not a bad thing. If Depends think, on what you give up. Correct. So
1: it, it could be one of the the hottest new trade trend is a team is basically trying to get rid of a player anyway, uh-huh. and the other everybody knows it. So the least <laughs> possible thing you can give, and everybody keeps doing this trade, not today, but in previous weeks. You trade a player and a seventh-round pick for a sixth-round pick. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even a sixth-round pick in the next draft. It's <laughs> yeah. like twenty twenty five <laughs> or something. like. <laughs>
2: you just want them off the books. There was
1: a really good article about that on the ringer by Nora Princiati. She oh. calls those trades the ham sandwich. Ah, so, I like it. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a, it's a good article.
2: Um, so, yes, I thought that
1: was a— I didn't think we were going to make any moves. No, I didn't either. I was glad we didn't trade anybody away. I am too. Um, the Buccaneers are only a half game out of first place.
2: I th- yeah, I think the, the the disappointing part is I just don't think we've seen this team play like they did against the Saints. I thought we I thought that was the building block, like that was going to be okay. We're going to build on top Launching of that, point. and it just hasn't happened. And and I think that's what's kind of discouraged a number of fans. And uh, it's not as they're not grinding it out, um, but people start to get frustrated uh, the first four weeks. Uh, Dave Canales was going to be the next head coach next year. Oh, we're going to lose him. And three weeks later everybody's like starting to get sour. So that's just the nature of fandom. I don't think there was a
1: lot in this last game that people would complain about from a play calling perspective. After
2: the Atlanta game there was all this why
1: are you running and you can't run.
2: I don't think it was the play calling. I think it was the tempo of the play calling. Okay. And because it took
1: Seven minutes and twenty-one seconds.
2: Yeah, see, I knew you would know that number when you had to score twice. Yeah, but I mean, you, part of the reason was that drive took seventeen plays. Well, that's that's what I mean. Because but, a
1: lot of plays along the way didn't work. Had some of those plays worked earlier, the drive would have been quicker.
2: But well, you had to dig yourself out of a hole like four times. But also, but also, it um, you know they were huddling up. They were. It wasn't. It wasn't what you call the two-minute drill. Or the four minute drill. So okay. I, I would I would say that's what the argument has Todd been. Bulls, about. Ag- Todd
1: Todd Bowles acknowledged yesterday that yes, the Buccaneers need to pick up their tempo in a situation right. like that. I'm just saying let's let's at least acknowledge the situation here. Yeah. The Buccaneers didn't get the ball back with ten minutes with the intention of taking seven no. minutes. No. And they didn't run the ball a bunch of times. They just were
2: not succeeding on first and second down, and so that's taking time. But Todd also said that the reason why they weren't rushing is when they did rush, they were having uh, miscues. Yeah, they were getting exactly. Penalties. So they slowed it up to make sure they didn't have any miscues. And who knows? And, that, and, and, and that, in, in fairness, if you weren't at that stadium, you didn't realize how loud it was. Yeah, yeah. And what I liked about, about being there is when we had—not that I liked that they were booing or, or yelling— while well, the Bucks had the ball, but it's very, very loud. But when the Bills had the ball, you could hear a pin drop, mm-hmm. and that—that that I, you know, those fans understood what they, what they what they were doing.
1: Another thing about this whole the drive took so long. Uh-huh. Uh, let's not forget that Mike Evans caught a forty-two yard pass on the third play of the drive. On the fourth play of the drive. Uh, that would have made this a much quicker drive, but it was called, called back, back on a holding
2: penalty. Very that's great observation. So very I mean, good.
1: I'm saying there's a lot of yep. There's a lot of noise here. There's a lot of reasons why sure. this took so long. And like you said, they were concerned about making mistakes. Had they gone up tempo and made a couple of mistakes, the drive probably never would I mean you gotta score. Yeah. They probably would have never scored
2: and we'd have lost by two touches. That was a good that's that's a good point. A forty three yard play getting pulled back. Was it holding?
1: Yeah it was holding on Cody Mock.
2: Yeah. Malk. Um So, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That's very good. All right. All right? I, All right. I like that. I like and on
1: defense to me, oh. and, and Todd Bowles alluded to it a little bit, when he said the ball's not going over our heads, but they're getting too much yak. Uh-huh. They, if you look, if you define explosive plays as runs of 10 or more yards and passes of 20 or more yards, the Bucks actually had more than the, than the Bills had in that game. But the Bills had... I think somewhere around 7 million, like 17 yard passes. They were working the intermediate part of the field so well. Yeah. They had just so many different plays that were good. And part of it was Yak, Mm -hmm. um, but they were just scheme. It was so they would get 13 yards and they get 14 and they get 17. And like they, it doesn't show up in the explosive plays ledger, but it was a really effective offense. Yeah. and, And the Buccaneers struggled defensively but i slept in the red zone yeah, once again yeah
2: i will say though i do like the fight on this team and yeah, every, and, and people can. and people go uh oh, and, and i had this conversation i was like you you have to understand you and i both been around teams that we've noticed that they didn't have the fight Yeah, you know it just it just went away and this team is still solid solidly together believing that they can win yeah and they're just got to quit making those mistakes Look. and and i go with what todd said you got to quit beating yourself right you know and so that's and, and it's not just one person someone takes a turn yeah you know and that's unfortunate
1: yep all right well you know it's halloween tonight right i do i gotta let you out here so you can go home and hand out candy to all the kids in mm-hmm. the neighborhood
2: mm-hmm.
1: well, how do you feel about candy corn uh, not a fan okay it's like like it's gross
2: like because it seems to be very polarizing like a lot of people really like it cannot even stand the thought of putting it in my mouth. Okay. That's the way I feel about circus peanuts, by the way. Okay. Which are disgusting. I love circus peanuts. They're disgusting. I love it. And the shells.
1: Ugh, what? No. Circus peanuts, the candy. Oh. Oh. It's like this spongy orange oh, yeah, thing yeah, shaped yeah. like a peanut. It's disgusting. Yeah. Oh, right. It's like, yeah, it's a fake mushroom. You know what? Like, a fake <laughs> mushroom. <laughs> a fake mar- marshmallow. Go ahead. You don't see that much anymore, but you still see candy corn everywhere. Mm-hmm. It, it seems to be very polarizing. Do you have a favorite candy for
2: Halloween? Uh, M&M's are my big... I, I'm just not a big M&M I, guy. I, I'm a big M&M guy. Uh, Tootsie Roll, love those. Tootsie Rolls are good. I
1: like the flavored Tootsie mm-hmm. Rolls. You like those? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, they're great. No, just... I love those.
2: Um, I, um. yeah, I, I there's not a whole... You know, I, like, I don't I, I, I like. I I like... No, neither do I, but, you know, I... If, like the I like the atomic fireball once in really? a while. Really? Yeah. That's, that's out of there. No, that's just like, and
1: when it comes to candy bars, you don't see it a lot. But if you get a hundred grand,
2: mm-hmm. oh, those are the best. I've never had one of those. What? I've never I'm, had one. One. I've I'm never. I'm bringing
1: you one. I'm going to bring you one. Really?
2: I've never had one. Nope. You've
1: never had a hundred grand bar. Nope. Don't you, even. Can know you what picture it, is? it? You don't even know what it is. Okay. No. Other like, than
2: it probably says a hundred grand on the I'm going to find you
1: one, and you're going to realize right. they're the best candy bar there is. best ever. It's my favorite candy bar. Okay. Ever. All right, fair enough. The Milky Way Midnight's are pretty good too. What? Milky Way Midnight. It's dark chocolate and there's caramel. I don't like. Oh, the, yeah. I don't like regular Milky Way. No,
2: no dark chocolate. I got it. If I, it, yeah. I'll bring you one of those. You've never uh, had that? No.
1: I'm going to bring you those two things. No. i um, I used to like. Maybe I'll go trick or treating. I got to find. A, <laughs> I got to find a costume so I can go trick or treating. So anymore. you don't have to buy any candy. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's where the. That's where the line becomes. How old are you? I'm gonna get some crutches
1: and some maybe like some fake casts uh-huh. and go as a NFL quarterback in week eight because I think they all got hurt.
2: What you should do is carry a sign that just says, get off my lawn. Yeah, that's your favorite go. joke. You've been but doing that all I'm day. just saying.
1: Uh, Kirk Cousins got hurt, Kenny Pickett got hurt, Tyra Taylor got hurt, Desmond Ritter might have got hurt, although there seems to be kind of mystery about that whole thing. Yeah. It, it was kind of it was kind of brutal out there it's, over the weekend. <clears throat> Achilles heel. Yeah, that was the Kirk one. Yeah, Can you imagine? Everybody wanted the Vikings to trade Kirk Cousins to the Jets. Yeah. Can you imagine if he got traded to the Jets and then Didn't threw out his Achilles uh, just like
2: Rodgers? Wow. That, that would have been nuts. It's crazy. And what's weird about that play is it's not like he got tackled or anything. He was That's just, the
1: way those injuries usually happen. No, I guess Aaron Rodgers was being tackled. Yeah,
2: he, he planted his foot, but he planted um, – Kirk Cousins planted his foot to take off running and went down. Every time I see an injury
1: like that, like an Achilles yeah. just pops like that. I wonder, was it about to go? I would, like it was destined to happen. It was just a matter of when. And yeah. you don't realize that you got a ticking time bomb in the back of your ankle.
2: I think that's the case. Do you and think then, so? Yeah. And then that's the mark where you go, oh, that was the play that did it.
1: Yeah. And but, but you didn't know until it happened. Uh, that's a good doctor question. I wonder about that. Is I it? If, would the doctor even know? How do they know? know?
2: Well, I don't know. I don't. You know, is it a slow did it injury? It, you did know? you not
1: realize it was partially torn, and then you just. Got the rest of it. Yeah. Although I think you would know if it was partially it torn. Hurts. You'd feel that well, when you, you would. Think, I've never right? had. An, oh, I should not have said this. No. Never had an Achilles tendon injury. No. I've had a torn ACL. No, no, no. All right, Jeff. Um, we will try to get a player tomorrow, right? Uh huh. But either way, we are going to stop here. Okay. And then we'll come back and do the fans' questions. We got a bunch of them. The salty dogs. Wait, we're actually like recording like we're doing the show right now? Yeah. Oh. Well, then, hey, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: Welcome back. I, I can make an edit.
1: Okay. Well, don't. Just leave it in. That's All kind right. of funny. Uh, welcome back to the Salty Dogs podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm Scott Smith still. And, uh, yeah. Yep, you are. That's Jeff Ryan over there. I am. Um, and we're going to do the fan questions now.
2: All right. My okay. favorite. My second
1: favorite part. <laughs> so the worst part is when you just have to talk to me. Yeah, right? well,
2: it's brutal. But That's always the part you see is not I, your favorite. I suck it up. I'm a team <laughs> player. All right. Let me get to the first one. Okay.
1: Uh, I think this is it. Nope. Gosh, we have a lot of them.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice though. That's good. Okay. This is the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm listening. Well, what's the matter? There, you're having issues with your laptop.
1: No, I'm just trying to f- see which was the last.
2: Oh, um, okay. We uh, definitely did peg. Yeah. So she was the that. last one. She okay. was the last one.
1: This is from Don Little in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Ahoy, ye old salty dogs. Actually, I guess this is really a rant and a question, but here goes. I was really disappointed to see the Bucks TV schedule this year that has both Fox and CBS televising seven Bucks games this year attached as a schedule for reference. Like, yeah. okay, I wouldn't have a schedule. Yeah. There's one right there. I see it. Uh, in years past, it seemed to me that Fox televised the majority of the Bucks games. Uh, Fox televises NFC versus, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Of the seven games... Of the seven bucks games that CBS is televising this year, three of those games are when the Bucks are playing NFC teams, including two of our upcoming NFC South rivalry games, Panthers and Falcons. I realize in this day of streaming and subscription TV, one does not have to rely totally on network TV. However, I guess I'm too old school to change my ways. Living in Orlando, just a mere 90 miles east of Tampa, I have the great misfortune of being in the Jacksonville CBS TV market. You could probably you probably can imagine how frustrating it is here when both the Bucks and Jags are playing at the same time and CBS is televising both those games because we always get the Jags game. I guess there is some solace in the fact that one of the CBS games that the Bucks will be playing is against the Jags later this year. Oh, that's cool. Okay, rant over. Can you help me understand the TV networks, how the TV networks determine the NFL TV schedules? Keep up the great work, Don Little. Yeah. This is probably more
2: in your wheelhouse. Yeah. So well it used to be he is correct. It yes, used to he is be, correct. He is correct. It used to be the vis the visiting team, whatever division mm-hmm. they were in, NFC will say, right? Conference. They, but yeah. Yep. They would be um with Fox. Uh if you were if the mm-hmm. in the AFC you would be then with CBS. So is absolutely correct. Right.
1: The visiting teams conference determined which network it was on.
2: Because of the new T V rights deal and because of the dollars all of these TV uh companies are paying. They want to be able to mix it up a little bit in case you get caught with uh, some teams being maybe, not very- Maybe the AFC is a lot more good teams than the NFC. Correct. So that is how it came about. So now the networks fight over each other. They're allowed to... Correct. What game they want. They get so many that they can go with. And he's right. absolutely right on the schedule. We have it. Now, nominally speaking, they still use the yeah. Fox's NFC... CBS is AFC, but
1: they have so many options to pick games from the other Correct. side that Correct. it doesn't really work out that way.
2: Right, right. So then, and, and then what throws, what also compounded this was the fact that you have a Thursday night game, a Sunday night game, and a Monday night game. Right. So, and, and they were trying to grab the best that they see. They wanted more good games on Thursday. Right. That's one thing. So you didn't want to li- limit yourself to a league. So yeah. basically, yeah. And a conference.
1: So that's just how they do it now. That's yeah. in the new. Now, the new deals. for him living in Orlando, it's a shame. It really, okay. Is. A
2: lot of that is up to that particular television station. Yeah, they but get to pick and choose. Knowing, but he's right, knowing it, that doesn't change the problem for Don. Right. At one time, at one time, it would yeah. be you would lock in. So on
1: it's it. understandable. That's kind of a specific situation, a specific problem for Don. I doubt that's a big problem for most people unless right. they
2: live in Orlando too. Yeah. Um, the only one, yeah, because and and the Orlando market's really kind of aren't
1: we closer to Orlando than Jacksonville? Why yeah. would
2: they always choose Jags games? Well, because that because that was the AFC game, and then the, we're the NFC, so yeah. th- so they're sticking with. The, he's
1: saying when it's
2: I understand what he's saying when yeah. they're both on CBS, they tend to choose
1: the Jags, Jags games. I yeah. wonder why because I mean I, I don't I because
2: don't previously they were usually um, doing the Jags games. So they're staying with what they oh, feel okay. is, right. is good.
1: And you could say going into the season, and even given the results, the Jags are...
2: They're doing um, well.
1: Yeah, they're a team you'd
2: want to watch more. Now, I don't know what the Jag schedule is, so I don't know how many conflicts you have right now. Because yeah. they... Apparently there's at least a couple. Yeah. Um, but the, the part about the Orlando market is that all three teams in Florida kind of own... The Orlando market, okay. they, they they get in there. So okay. Well, we got to move along because we right. got a ton. Yeah.
1: Um, this is from Philip Spencer, mm-hmm. Phil Phil from Spokane, Washington. Oh, okay. Um, he said this one is definitely primarily for Scott, but I managed to, to complete my first grid. He's talking about the immaculate. Yep. Grid. Naturally, it was one that included the Bucks. Thanks for sharing this. It's been a fun thing to pull up daily. No question this this week. Just wanted to say thanks and go bucks. So he he, he gave me a little screenshot. Uh, so it was bucks, patriots, and he went. Well, I mean, he went the most obvious possible way with sure. that one. Tom Brady. Yeah. Bucks Panthers. He went with Gerald McCoy. Oh. And which is only eight percent. So that's pretty good. And then bucks in a thousand yard receiving season. He once again went with the most obvious answer, which was Mike Evans. Mm. See when I do these and the bucks show up i try to i try to get his the most obscure answers that i can think of um, so if i was doing cuz you get more points for that you right you do yeah uh i'm blanking on his name now there's when i last time it was bucks patriots i did a linebacker i can't think of his name right now though he hmm. had for a short period Very of time short. but you could go like shack mason ah um what was that there was a linebacker named cassius i yeah. can't
2: think of his first name yeah i re- i know who you're talking about
1: um and then with the panthers I would have gone with a Darius Taylor. Whoa. Remember that linebacker yeah, changed his last name. Yep. And then thousand yard receiving, it's kind of hard to get obscure with a thousand yard receiving. Who's the most obscure thousand yard receiver in team history? Have any the input most on that? Obscure. It, I mean, everybody you can think of that had a thousand yards, like Joey Galloway, mm-hmm. Kevin House, I think. Yeah. Um, Mike Evans, Vincent Jackson. Michael Clayton. They come right. easily to mind. I think sure. the most obscure one would probably, probably be Antonio Bryant in 2008.
2: Oh, yeah. And then we franchised yeah. him
1: and he got hurt. And
2: yeah. so. He did make that wonderful catch. And yeah, Amazingly <laughs> enough, we're going to be talking about that in a moment. Oh, okay. I'll be
1: quiet. <laughs> All right. Well, there there you go. Thanks for sharing that, Philip. This is from Jerry Owens from Maryland. Mm-hmm. Longtime listener. First time emailer. Ah, I'm writing this a few hours before our Thursday night game against the Bills. Mm. I've been a Bucks fan since 1996. Nice. It's kind of weird. Oh, that's what for Tony Dungy, Tony Dungy's first year. Yeah. What would make you a Bucks fan for the first time in '96? I mean, who knows what's going on in his life? I don't know. And have seen a lot to be salty about. My wife even calls me Morton when I'm in a mood. Morton, like the salt. Yeah, it. I got it. But I wanted to share a memory from my first time seeing a Bucks game live. It was back in 2008 when we played the Panthers in Carolina on a Monday night. My wife and I drove down from Maryland. I was so excited to see my team play live in a primetime game. We all know how the game ended. We still had Brooks on the team, so it was Derek Brooks. Uh-huh. So it was awesome seeing one of my favorite players do his thing in person. That was Derek's last year. My favorite moment from the game was the one-handed TD grab by Antonio Bryant. Wow! It happened right in front of me because we had end zone seats. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's true. So I can picture that too. Can I you? I do. Yeah. That was an unbelievable catch. Crazy. So I was wondering, what are your favorite Bucks moments? Excluding Super Bowls and Rondé shutting down the vet. So you can go
2: first. Oh,
1: gosh. I mean, that's a
2: lot, right? Yeah, that's a hard one. That's a really hard one. There's a lot of choices. Yeah.
1: Wow. You're not even going to try, are you? Uh,
2: I mean, Johnny Lynch making interceptions to win games. I mean, Sapp and um, and Brett Favre going at it. Those, yeah, those, those are cool. Those yeah. are really cool plays. Um, yeah. I don't think I have a favorite favorite, um, but a couple, right?
1: Yeah. What do you have? I'm just gonna. I'm winging it here. I didn't. I didn't prepare for this at all. All right. Um, one of them is the St. Louis game in 2000. Yeah, the Monday Night Football game. Yeah, where the to, the, the to that, to pitch. I was gonna
2: make. I, I was gonna bring that up, but yeah, that's a good no, one. I was gonna bring that up, but well, you didn't. You um, brought that one up. I'm trying to think of ones that we haven't brought up all over the place. Wait a minute. But that was, yeah, that was a fun game.
1: Wait a minute. Was that really 2008, the game he's talking about?
2: With Antonio Bryant?
1: Because I'm looking at their... Yeah, it was
2: the last... Uh, we lost that game. That was the last no, year. No, we won
1: the game. It was the overtime game. But I don't think it was 08. No,
2: 08, no, because that would have been John Gruden's last year.
1: Well, why was that? Why is that a problem?
2: Because we lost on Monday night against Carolina, and all we were 9-3, and three and all we needed to do was win one more, and we didn't. Okay, but I'm looking at the... Yeah, you're right.
1: I'm looking at the Panther schedule,
2: and the time we beat them
1: 27 three, so that wasn't that game. Hmm. It had to be like maybe was it 07? Yeah, and, and both because when he said 08, I thought that was right. It wasn't 07 either. Hmm. It was 2009.
2: Nope. Hmm. What the hell? I don't know. That's kind of weird, but I, I would yeah. I, I do remember that Monday night game because that was a, that was because we weren't on Monday nights very often. That that was the other thing. That's when it became a big deal. And then after you do a bunch of primetime games, you go, "Gosh, give me a one o'clock game, would you please? It would make me happy." But I'm you, glad you're
1: talking now. So the, you, the, the, well, you're filling with, the airways while I'm well, trying to you're look trying. This up. You're
2: going through what year that was, but I don't think you're. Oh, uh, it
1: was 2012. Really? I don't think that's right. No.
2: We may have to go back and look that one up later, and see. We won twenty to seven in oh seven. We won twenty
1: seven to three, but that wasn't in Carolina. No. Uh, we won twenty to seven in Carolina. We won. We lost forty to sixteen. Twenty seven, twenty one. There, it was two thousand twelve. Wow, man! Woo, I'm the sorry. years. I got to tell
2: you, dude. The years just was fly just together. Who's this, Jerry?
1: I mean, come on. I know 2008 to 2012. That's a big miss. Mm. Come on, Jerry. Ah. Oof. Uh,
2: but, but maybe to him It was, are you sure? 2012
1: was not the year we had Antonio Bryant though. No. I don't know what is going on here. I don't know. I think both Jerry and I are getting. Okay. Let's teams. Tab- let's do
2: this. Let's table this and we'll bring it Dallas, up next week.
1: 2001. We won at Carolina. Uh, I mean, 2012. We won at Carolina on a Sunday uh-huh. on Dallas Clark's. Uh, Vincent Jackson made an incredible one-handed catch in that game.
2: Yeah. Well, then he's. Confused. That's why I'm
1: getting them confused to tie okay. the game. No, it wasn't. An, it wasn't a one-handed catch, but it was an incredible touchdown catch to tie the game, and then we won it in overtime um, on Dallas Clark. And that was the the reason that's. Noteworthy is because that was the first. So it was
2: 2008 when. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to talk. The
1: reason that that's noteworthy is that um, it was the first time the Buccaneers ever won an overtime game with a touchdown. Hmm. So. In 2008, we beat Carolina 27 to 3 at home and lost to them 38 to 23 in the road.
2: Yeah, that was the last. That was a Monday night game this is really and that was the last I feel like my brain is breaking yeah but I think that's when he made the catch Antonio It had to be one of those
1: years because that was his big year I think
2: it was that catch because it was such a fantastic catch I thought for sure we were going to win and we didn't Oh, okay how it started and that was 2008 because we were nine and three on a Monday night just needed one win to go to the playoffs
1: okay yeah I'm gonna have to research this later Anyway, I think I, think I, I think both right Jerry and way. I are – yeah, I think you were. I think both well, Jerry and I are having little uh, lapses. In uh, our senior I think, moments, I understand. I think we're crossing several things over each other. Yeah. Or maybe I'm completely misreading his email. Did he even say we won? No. No, he didn't. So no, I'm the dumb just, one. He just said it was a great catch. I'm the one who messed it up because I conflated that game and Antonio Bright's great catch with Vincent Jackson's yeah. great catch I'm, in the same end zone right. that tied the game and sent it over. I'm sorry, Jerry. You did nothing wrong. This was hundred percent me. Okay, my bad. All right, but I do remember that catch. It was amazing. It was all I, right.
2: I, I remember that game because again, it was Monday. I, I night. combined
1: two game memories in my head. Uh, uh, too uh, much information. All right, this is from our friend in Germany, Stefan. Uh huh.
2: It's five- which, by the way, this weekend. Yeah, there's there are a game. Ga- there, yeah oh, there's, there's a, two. There's a game, and I think, and then next word, uh, um, big game, Kansas City. Is playing. Detroit, Kansas City. No, like that? it's Kansas City. It's a good game. It's a big, big game because it's like, wow, how did they get the prime time? Um, Kansas City, Miami, and Miami. Oh, what a game! Wow, I know. Holy moly! And interesting enough, Miami has already flown to Germany, where this is on a Tuesday. Yeah. And Kansas City's flying like we did. Yeah. Thursday. I heard.
1: I watched um, the coach, Mike McDaniel. Uh-huh. I watched his. McDaniel, I watched his press conference answer about that. It was a really good explanation. He's a smart dude. What did he say? Basically, he wanted he wanted to go over there so that the early so that the players the team could have their off day there. Yeah. Instead of having the off day earlier in the week in Florida, so that they could do stuff together Mm -hmm. and that everybody could get their sightseeing in on that day. He's like, I was a little worried about. Players trying to cram in all the work we need to do and the sightseeing.
2: Yeah. Makes sense. Well, also, too, the NFL likes to have events that you go to. So some teams don't like to go early, so they don't have to go to all those events.
1: Man, I'm not sure we can get through all these questions.
2: Well, it's all right. Um, This is from Stefan. Okay. It's 5.30 a.m.
1: in Germany. The game is over, and we got a hat trick. (laughs) Thanks. In three losses in a row. Luke G. Gedeke got a hat trick, too. Three false starts in one game. Mm-hmm. Scott, what is the record for false start penalties for one player in a game? I don't have a way to look that up. No, I did, however, look up the this year's penalties. False starts. Uh, Carolina's Icky Ikwanwu and Denver's Mike McIlhenny have the most with five.
2: Um, Bucks total access with Ellie Marpet and and Casey. Um, Luke was on, mm-hmm. and it's a good listen. He and talked about he how talks that about, he talks about stuff. Yeah, he talks about the O line
1: and the false how. Marks. Yeah,
2: and, yep, and how he needs to, making no excuses. But he's he, had a good year, though. He's had a good year, and what he needs, and it's an interesting conversation between him and Ali Marpet. Tristan was
1: that's good. You should listen to that. Tristan. Yep. Tristan is playing great at left tackle. Mm-hmm. We all know that. They talk but about I, him, but I think probably next in terms of how well they performed on that line is Luke. Yeah, and that was not a given. You know, I know he played right tackle in college, but that doesn't mean you're going to be a good one in the pros, but Correct. he's done a good job. Yeah. He only had one. Uh, he's got four on the year. So he only had, I'm taking this guy's word for it. Yeah. That he had three in the game. I didn't look it up. But that means he only had one other the whole rest of the year. So, I mean, yeah, that sucks that he got three false starts. Yeah. But, I mean, he's had a good year.
2: He does. And he's improving. Got to remember, he's improving. I mean,
1: jeez, Mike McGlinchey got a billion dollars from the from the – Broncos and he got he's got five of them already. Wow, okay, we need need to move. Um, a crazy last drive, by the way. Another loss is frustrating, but there is hope too. The halfback screen should be an option in the next games. Mm -hmm. R. White has more receiving yards than rushing yards, right? No, that's not exactly right, but I get the point. Okay, um, I can tell you the exact answer. Hold on, uh, he has 305 rushing yards and 233 receiving Ah. yards. Um, Hope Worfs is fine for the next game. I think he will be. Jeff, is it possible to listen to the radio, specifically Gene's play-by-play here in Germany?
2: No. Unfortunately, it's geo-blocked. Well. And that's a bummer. I blame you. I know. That's the that's the NFL. Um, I, I don't know if you can get the NFL pass. Um, you need to look that up to uh i don't know if they geo block that i wouldn't think they would with that but they geo-block us which means we can't go over outside 100 miles of tampa
1: i'm counting here and we still have seven more Uh, we're not we're not doing seven more we're on the next one i mean maybe we can come back short answers if we skip them maybe we can come back well some of them are long though all right he says until the next time Fire the cannons and go, Bucks. All right. Very nice. Uh, this next one is from Mike in Connecticut, and it's a really long rant that I wanted to read. However, we don't have time, and he sent another one earlier today that mm. I think we can get through more quickly. All right. And that one goes Hey, guys, just hoping to follow up before you tape. I still stand by my rant, which I have not read, but maybe we will next week. But I realized I blamed Luke Geddike for the hold on Rashad White's run, and it was actually Trey Palmer. Didn't want to be roasted for incorrectly venting. But to that point, Getticke's still had three false starts, so he wasn't totally innocent Thursday night. The last point I wanted to make was, where are the sacks? Did they have any against Buffalo? Sorry for the long emails, but as you can tell, the last few weeks have been pretty unbearable for fans. Well, that's quick. Um, we d- we had two sacks, one by Anthony Nelson and one by Yaya Diaby, but I think it is accurate to say the pressure was not much. Not there. Nope. Vita, Vita being out, obviously, we talked about didn't help. Uh, we do need more... From our edge rushers, though, I think yep. that's clear. So, yeah, there were two, but
2: hard go. All right, here's one I got to read. Though. All right, I'm and not in a hurry. Remember,
1: so. you? Yeah, I know, but I got some more things to do. We've been going like an hour and a half, haven't we? Uh, about
2: an hour and twenty minutes.
1: I think at this point we're probably just not going to get a, a player. Well, all right. Um, this is from Philip in California, who we've heard from before, Philip Squadron. Um, now, you asked me if Peg, who. We read her email. Yeah. And she had felt that you were being disrespectful to me uh-huh. because I had mentioned that you were looking at your phone. Right. And we had a good talk about that. We did. But I just want to set the scene for this email. Okay. Thank you for your candid thoughts. Wait, I think this one's to you. Oh, okay. Dear Jeff, thank you for your candid thoughts throughout this podcast that you do with that other guy, Scott. <laughs> Someone who is always interrupting you. (laughs) I am offended that he would leave the team for something as frivolous as his sister's wedding. (laughs) How dare he? (laughs) That's my favorite email. Uh, he, He says the previous paragraph was an attempt at levity, which we did get. We got it. Any references to actual people living or dead is merely coincidental. (laughs) <laughs> so that's good.
2: That's very good. All
1: right. My topic is, the talk recently has been the early bye week and the pros and cons of it. Do we all make anything out of, out of the fact that they haven't won a game since we came back from the week off? Yeah. Or is it just all the other factors that can hit a team in a three-game skid? I also remember the Super Bowl season where we had a late bye and didn't lose a game after, uh, which is true. True. That's a big storyline story of that season. I don't know what to make of it. I'm not sure there's anything you can make of it.
2: No. I mean, you try to find different things. Personally, I wish we would get into a, a better ry- rhythm. And I think, you know, we we came off the bye. We were going to have a 1 o'clock game. Then we had a 4 o'clock game. Then we had a Thursday, Thursday game. And now, um, the way it works, we're on the road for the month of November, three out of four games. But they're consistently 1 o'clock games, and I think that's going to help.
1: Okay. I can't see how the bye – which during which we got a couple of key players back, back from injuries. Yeah. I suppose you could say we had momentum with our 3-1 and start and the great game in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and then the bye killed that momentum. It's not anything that can possibly quanti- be quantified. So you can make a conjecture, yeah. but you can't know. So I guess that's possible. I tend to think the only real effect of bye's – wherever they fall in the season, is what it means to the health of the team. Right. Because I've been on teams that were great after the buy, and, and he just mentioned a big yep. one right there. Yep. And I've been on teams, good teams that struggled after a buy. So I've not seen a re- – and I've actually at various times done the stats on it, looked at all the buys coming in and going out, and there didn't, there's never any rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. And I think – I actually think Philip kind of feels that way too, the way he wrote that. I, I, he's asking if we have any opinions on it. I don't think he thinks it really has a big effect on his
2: if, if the coaching staff had had a thought on it, what it, would, what it was or is, it would be corrected. Yeah. So it's it's just it's it just it gives you uh, an indicator of where things haven't gone well the last few weeks with the Bucks because it was after the buy when we went into the buy people were pretty high. So,
1: all right, next one from Sam from Sam in Nashville. Dogs, as I'm sure you have already discussed, while the last couple of weeks have been far from ideal, the sky is not falling. I don't think we've actually made that point, but it's no. a good one. I don't think even many of the optimistic fans had us better than 4-3 and three at this point in the season, and we are only one game back from that projected record. Our defense has been playing great, despite what many on the socials are saying, he says, and has kept us in every game. If the offense can just figure things out, we can still take control of this division since the Saints and Falcons don't seem to really want to take command of the division either. While anything can happen on any given Sunday, looking at our remaining schedule, I don't think 9 or 10 wins is crazy if the offense can start getting 20 to 24 points a game. I agree. I know our offense has struggled, but it seems to me like we have had way more drives start inside our 10-yard line than in years past. When you're that backed up, that's hard to operate no matter who you are. Do you know where we rank in the league in that regard? Here's hoping we get back to 500, win or lose. Thanks for always doing a great podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. All right. I did not – I only looked at the – I think – when was this? sent? I only briefly looked at this. So if there's a way for me to know how we rank in the league in terms of dry started inside your 10, I didn't find it. Hmm. However, I'd keep my own stats – on that very thing, year by year, and uh i went I went to look at them, thinking, "No, um who is it? Sam here is wrong, it's just the perception because in this last game, we started three straight drives inside right. our ten yep. in the fourth quarter uh but actually he's right he's right it it is up, it is up we have in seven games so far this season, we have started eleven drives." Inside our ten yard line, Crazy. ten yard line or ten to it's one, one. or yeah, eleven and six. That's eleven times in seven games. Last year we did that fourteen times in seventeen games. The year before sixteen times in seventeen games, wow. and in twenty twenty eleven times in sixteen games. So to have eleven in just seven games is way, way yeah. So yes, that has happened a
2: lot and. The punters are much better now. Well, I guess. yeah, I mean
1: that it, that Buffalo punter he, was solid. I mean, he was like probably one of their five most important players. Now,
2: if if we decide we're not going to get a player, you could read his that long rant. That's okay.
1: Sorry, all right. I'll do all the emails then.
2: Okay. Yeah, I just feel we should. We and, and we're,
1: we we okay. Well, then we got that one and three more. So let me get to this. Okay. One. This is from Alexander in Brazil. Uh, Ahoy, salty ones. Hope this finds you both well. I have to admit that I was a little too salty last week, but only because I didn't see a way we could have dropped that game. You see, it was different against the Eagles, Lions, and Bills Oh, so he's talking about Uh, the Atlanta game, game. where I thought we could win, but it was kind of an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. Speaking of it, I keep watching last game's replay, hoping Chris Godwin will will turn his head a second (laughs) earlier. You just watch it and hope it's different. And we win that game after the extra point, of course. I wonder if you fast-forwarded if his head turns faster. (laughs) But anyway, I believe that this team will find a way, and we will win the next two games. It's about time our offense starts making plays. And what about our new long-awaited Salty Dogs merchandising?
2: <laughs> Long keep waiting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm really curious about that. Since you did, thanks for reading, Alexander, thanks, from Alex. Sao Paulo, Brazil. Thank All right. You. Mark Rice All from right. Mesa. This is our friend yep. in Mesa. I wanted, to, I really wanted to read this one, too, because it, it gives kudos to some of our coworkers. Good. Gentlemen. I wanted to take a moment and once again heap some praise on the Bucks media team for the latest installment of In the Current, mm. which you do the voiceover for, right? Why, well, you're also featured in I'm it. I'm featured in it these days. Yeah. The, seg- the segment about the origins of the Hey Hey Tampa Bay fight song was as cool as it was unexpected. I haven't watched this one yet.
2: Very cool. It is very. That very
1: was good. a nice touch! Yeah. Exclamation point. And while we're distributing praise, how about a little love for the work that Dave Moore does on the weekly radio broadcast, question mark, exclamation point. Wow. I particularly appreciate that he offers critical insights like diagnosing why a play doesn't work, who likely missed an assignment, and even when the team gets away with uncalled penalties. You get the sense that if he were still in the locker room, he'd be one of the main voices fostering accountability among his teammates. Of course, we appreciated him celebrating the team's success more than anything, but it is refreshing to have a color commentator that calls the good, the bad, and the ugly.
2: Yeah. He he approaches it like if he was your coach and was telling you what was okay. wrong. And he always feels that a player can never get mad at him because that's what your coach is going to tell you. So
1: I don't think the players are good, man. No. Mike, Mark says, Thanks for doing what you guys do. Okay. Daniel doesn't say, Oh, uh, East Lake, Florida. Okay. Ahoy, Salty Dogs. Hope you guys are doing well, even though we have lost three in a row. Hopefully, we can turn the corner this upcoming Sunday with a win against the Texans. As we saw last season, win the South, clinch a playoff spot. Yep. Kidding. My question is, who do you think should be the next Bucks player in the Ring of Honor? In my opinion, it should be Martin Gramatica because of the clutch kicks he had during his time here, especially during the season we won our first Super Bowl. Also, Scott, I love when you do the mailbox. And Jeff, you do a great job narrating inside the current with the Bucks. Uh I love the show. But not as much as I love this show, <laughs> LOL. Well, that's really nice, <laughs> that's Dan. Nice. It is. Take care, sincerely, Dan Demaria
2: from East Lake, Florida. Go Bucks! Thanks, A local guy. We like it. How close is East Lake to here? I, mean, I think isn't it East Lake just right? I don't know. Right off of between. I know there's a golf course called East, East Lake, Lake Woodlands. Woodlands. Isn't that? Is that it, the same thing? I don't know. That's a, East Lake, Florida. Interesting. East Lake, Florida. All one word. All one word. Oh, which okay. is the
1: case for East Lake Woodlands? Okay, the golf course. Okay. Um. I have a very strong opinion on this matter. Okay. And while I love hearing him heap praise on Martin Gramatica, Mm -hmm. go, 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 Uh I think the next two guys in should be Hardy Nickerson and Simeon Rice. Wow. That's my opinion. Now that Monty's in, I thought that was a big one we needed to get done. We got all the Hall of Famers in, right? Yeah. It's obviously at some point Levante and Mike Evans will be in, but they're not going in now. I think the guys – I think the best players in team history who are not in the ring of honor are Hardy and Simeon.
2: Yes, I agree. I can't argue and with I that. And I know
1: that Simeon probably will never get into the Hall of Fame.
2: No. It's and, a hard go. And
1: it would be even harder for him now that there are four players from that Super Bowl defense. But we know how important he was to that Super Bowl defense. Yeah. And that whole defense during that whole era.
2: Yeah. He was the missing piece. Yeah, he came in and played for a minimum – well, not a minimum, but for like a million-dollar contract. I didn't know that. And then for a one-year deal. He did a one-year deal, played so well, boom, he got a a big deal. He
1: he, he was as critical to that defense as just about anybody. Yeah. He was the missing piece, and and Monty Kiffin knew it. Man. I I don't think I have to – convince anybody about hardy something. no
2: no well he 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 changed the he was face. a culture changer. yeah he, he, he totally totally and a, a great player yeah and, and, a, a, and a good person a and all guy. of that yeah yeah by you, the by the way east lake is in pinellas Pen- county it is okay so but
1: east lake woodlands isn't
2: uh east lake is i know
1: but the golf course east Lake woodlands
2: is yeah like it's in palm harbor
1: oh and that's pinellas county yeah
2: okay do you have any difference of opinion on this no Okay. No, I. You make valid points. Okay. I'm. I. I, I as Do you much think as Tom I,
1: Brady should go into the ring of honor. I'm going to say yes, honestly.
2: Well, I'm going to say yes. It's kind of hard to say no since he came and you won a Super Bowl and you won two NFC divisions, South Division titles. So, if
1: it had been one season, yeah, I don't not. think so. But it's three
2: seasons, of I, Super Bowl, two division it, titles, titles. Yeah, and I, he was phenomenal. Correct. At a. At especially at, in the first two years. Yeah. I totally agree. But I
1: would still go Hardy and Simeon and then maybe mm-hmm. go to Tom. Yeah. All right. One more and it's the rant. Okay. I'm gonna make sure I didn't miss anybody here. I like it.
2: it. I like it. I like it. I
1: like it. So you're it's all all's good that ends well here. Um Michael from Connecticut, because we are gonna read. Your we movie. are. It's long though, so strap in, Jeff.
2: I'm a listening.
1: Hey dogs. I woke up still covered in salt today, so I apologize in advance, but I need to vent. Ooh. Yes, this will be long, and yes, I typed it on my phone while I'm waiting for new tires.
2: Wow. <laughs> well, what else are you going to do when you're waiting for new tires?
1: <laughs> First off, I'd like to acknowledge the defense is the only thing keeping the Bucks in games right now. Mm-hmm. Even though they are allowing teams tons of yards, their red zone defense has been lights out, clamping down when they need stops. However... However, with the way the offense has been playing, I can't help but wonder how long it will last. They're going to get worn out if they're only getting a few plays off with all these three outs. I'd like to stop here for a moment and say the time of possession in the last three games has not been lopsided. No. In fact, in the Atlanta game, we had a slight edge, and in this last game, it was only like 31 to 29.
2: Yeah. But that's – it just felt that way.
1: It may feel that way, but that's not happening. I don't right. think and, – and also – I'm going to finish reading this rant. I don't agree with the overall tenor that the offense has been a disaster. The offense is having some problems, but it also is showing a lot of things, other than running the ball, of course, that it can do. A lot of things that make me optimistic. Okay. I'm with you on that. Okay. 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 What's more frustrating is the offense is oh, should have just, kept, should have just kept, yeah, should have kept going. What's more frustrating is the offense is clearly capable of getting yards, but it can't stop shooting themselves in the foot. There That's you go. fair. There you go. There That's you go. fair. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have stopped. I should have yep. just kept reading. Fair. Big completion to Evans called back because Malk tackled a guy. I didn't see the replay, which—that's me saying that. Yeah. Which, I'll admit, seemed more like a pancake than a hold, but still got a flag. I don't think this is the same one, but maybe it was. Maybe it was. Because I was complaining when I saw the replay. I'm like, that, that guy tripped, yes. and then he fell Correct. on him. Was Correct. that that play? That was okay, that Okay, then I completely, yes. Yes. I completely agree. Yes. Completely agree. I was very angry, angrily talking to one of my coworkers next to me after I played. i like, I understand the refs going to call that because it looks like it dragged him down. But the but dude he d- tripped. tripped. He tripped and then he fell. And then on Cody him. was tripped engaged over, with yeah, him, yeah. so he trips over him. Right. All right. Now I'm mad. Yeah. Big run by White, called back by Holt from Gedeki, yep. and he in his next yeah. email, which we already read, he, right. that was actually Palmer. Who had a pretty rough night. I think got laundry on the field three times last night for holding. Not holding, false start, which All I think. Right. What the hell is going on? <laughs> we moved on from Donovan Smith, who is a great buck, but I'm pretty sure led the league in holding calls last year. And it's like they're picking up the slack. No. No. This is too much small sample size here, Mike. I, I admitted I was wrong about the last one, but Luke's had a good season. Uh, if you look at his pro football focus Grades. He's he's really having a really good season. Yeah, he had three false start penalties in that last game, and he knows. He and has to he's had one otherwise the whole year. You can say he had a rough game, but I will not agree with you that he's having a bad season. Yeah. Sorry, I got to draw the line there. All right, uh, I know that's the case in real life, but my God, these penalties are killing drives. That's true. That's true. Yeah, if they can't help. Themselves, the D won't be able to save them too much longer. Agree. I hope they get it together because this season is going to get sideways if it hasn't already. Dropping three games in a row is not a good sign. Well, no, it's not so much that it's not a good sign. It's just it's not good. No. Sorry, no questions today. Just needed to shake off the salt. Hope you enjoy the wedding. <laughs> Wait a minute. He sent. Oh, he sent it on Friday. Yeah. Okay. And, and please don't stop bickering at each other. <laughs> Nobody's offended is why we love the show.
2: I um, I totally appreciate the fact that he found something to do as he's getting tires changed. <laughs> I, have to I had to that. buy a
1: new tire recently. Yeah, I was
2: Yeah, I think it's I, 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 the fact that he's he's getting tire changed and he's all fired up about the Bucks and he's working off his phone. How, how's the punctuation <laughs> on, on it? Pretty good. Yeah, there's there's was it, in an, it there's it was,
1: no exclamation points.
2: It's it's in an email, correct? It,
1: it's not all caps.
2: Yeah. I don't see a single exclamation
1: point. Really? Uh, he did have three question marks after the what the hell is going on.
2: Wow, that means he's really, really mad. That's like, what the hell is going yeah, on? Yeah.
1: Um, although I would probably have thrown an exclamation point in there with the question marks. Oh. Just to be like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. But there's no all caps. Oh, all said and done, it's, it's pretty measured. It, nice. I mean, you, you could tell he says right off the top he's salty. Yeah, we get that. Wow, listen, and all of it was pretty much on point. I just don't agree with the uh, Luke hit not having a good yeah. season point. That's yeah, the one.
2: I, I I totally agree, and he should listen to to uh, Bucks Total Access Mondays ten thirty. Uh, that's the one you would want to uh, listen to. It's on.
1: It's it's archived it, on the website. It's our,
2: right? yeah. It's on the website right now. Okay. So that would be a good one. I think I think you'll get a better feel for who Luke is and what he's trying to accomplish. And it's, you know, no one knows more than when a holding call and it's on you that you shouldn't do that. So <laughs> that, <laughs> I'm just saying.
1: The thing about it, the difference between a holding call and a false start call yeah. is sometimes holding calls, maybe sometimes obviously you mess up and it's bad technique or something. But right. sometimes, yeah. you know, like the one we just talked about with Cody Mauk, you really didn't do anything wrong. Right. If you false start, you clearly did something wrong. Yeah. yeah. And it's something that's preventable.
2: Those are Cody the...
1: couldn't prevent the fact that the dude tripped and they right. tripped over him.
2: But those are those are the things that need to be corrected. And and if you're not a little bit salty after the last three weeks, then you're not being really true to yourself. Yeah. And and you know, so it all begins on Sunday. When we
1: when we talk about false starts, let's keep in mind that we have played road games in New Orleans, Minnesota, mm-hmm. and Buffalo. Yeah. Three of probably the five loudest stadiums in the
2: in... and yeah. And so then you're going to be in Houston, which is a dome.
1: Yeah, but I don't know yeah. if it has a reputation for loudness.
2: Yeah. Indianapolis. Yeah, they can the, get, pretty they get pretty loud. They uh, get pretty loud. And then we'll be in San Francisco. So we have... Not in that order. No.
1: Uh, Atlanta later, but they don't tend to get that loud. No. Green Bay gets loud for what they have. Right. But it's a... They
2: may not be loud by that time.
1: Yeah. Uh, they they're just struggling. They traded away Russell Douglas, so I assume they're yeah. not going for it.
2: No. All right. All right. That's a lot of questions. So... Okay, so no, no player? All right. yeah,
1: we're, after this? Okay. I don't think that makes any all sense. All right, it's,
2: yeah. okay, plenty okay. of time. We got to cool. do. Very makes good. It
1: my day easier tomorrow.
2: It's all about you, my friend. Thank you. Since you did, thanks for listening.